Welcome to episode 116 of Tim Talk, the podcast about the DC animated universe, co-created by Bruce Tim. I'm Chris Lord. I'm Kermin Dexter. And the news section this week... Well, I'm un- so excited. We'll understandably focus very much on the world of Disney. I'm so excited. However, 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 we must get through a tiny little bit. Come on, Chris. Just, of, of DC news first. Just let me go. Let me, one, let me go, Chris. One that is still technically the purview of this podcast, even right. if we vary away from it very strongly. And two, I want to make you squirm for a while. That's fine. <laughs> so... Uh, the one thing we do... These shackles are going to break soon, Chris. <laughs> Can't hold me back much longer. <laughs> are, they, what? Hmm? are they like Disney-related shackles? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, when you go to Disney World, you get the, the magic bands now? Yes. Yeah, so it's just two, like, iron-clad magic bands. <laughs> Tied together by some rope? Yes. By the unbreakable chains that form the line that is Peter Pan. Yes. I was going to say the unbreakable <laughs> rope at Rope Drop that fans cannot penetrate or pass. Rope Drop? When you go to Disney before it opens, you, you oh, get led into the hub area. Okay, I thought maybe this was like either some ride or cartoon or something obscure I had not No, 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 no. It's, it's, it's a physical rope that a cast member holds up, yeah. and the second the chime goes off, they drop the rope, mm-hmm. and you're allowed to enter the park. Is it electrified? It should be. I wouldn't be surprised if it is. Mm-hmm. But like knowing them, it's just like the slightest tingle. Just enough like, oh, yeah. Is that, is that static shock? No, that's Disney magic. It's just, <laughs> that's just the embrace that, That's Tinkerbell's magic. <laughs> uh, oh, wait. So, because uh, last week you talked about how people fly. Yes. There's some stuff I want to talk about. On oh, that. boy. The first of which, of course, is going to be how Superman flies in this week's Batman Beyond episode. That must have driven you crazy. Oh, for sure. <laughs> I mean, after after putting so much thought into this, I'm still, I still think about it every day. I'm sure. It's, I'm it's sure. kind of ruined me. <laughs> it's the finally the straw that broke the camel's back. Yeah. Of your nerd-based psyche. Uh, but also, um, when we get to notes from friends, Maddie had a, a suggestion for a place to look to learn more about how oh, flying, great. How flying is supposed to work. Perfect. Uh, but before we get there, let's at least cover a little bit of news. So the, the one bit of DC news I want to talk about is some further Titans casting. Mm-hmm. Which, <clears throat> uh, okay, so between this and then also Doom Patrol, I'm starting to have a little bit of hope. You know, you've, you've said that before. <laughs> I know I was and DC is if if they're not good at anything they're great at tricking me raising hopes just, just tricking me if personally. making people feel confident with their answer because they have finally cast a proper Bruce Wayne in the Titans universe and it's uh, Game of Thrones Ian Glenn yes Jorah Mormont Jorah Mormont I love him he was also the villain in the original Tomb Raider movie from. With the early two thousands, late nineties, and I oh, thought wow. I thought he was, he was great in that. Yeah, too. I, so I've always really liked him. I think it's an interesting choice because he definitely—that's an old Bruce Wayne. Yes, like he, he would also be a great Alfred. He oh, he would be a fantastic Alfred. Mm-hmm. Missed opportunity. We, we have like some generic dude playing Alfred in this, right? Do we do we meet Alfred or we just hear his voice? And we just hear his voice. Okay, maybe that's the case. But you're right. He would be a fantastic Alfred. He like, would. Like, he's already got the accent. He's got the accent. He's kind of got like that gruff persona. He knows how to just wait on someone hand and foot. That's true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Had to fall in love with dragon wielding queens. Yeah. 
Um, now it's just bat wielding kings. Oh, even better. Yeah. I I don't know between like that casting. We know we're getting Deathstroke. We know we're getting Jericho, Superboy, Crypto. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any other like major characters they've announced that we're, we can expect on this, but it's like, so it's, it's a combination of things. that makes me have a little bit of hope. Mm -hmm. It's honestly, it's mostly uh, doom patrol, which I am now on the fifth episode and you're enjoying it. I'm really enjoying it's it. It's good. It's a lot of fun. Um, it, the first, the first two episodes are just weird. Like they're okay, they are, yeah. but they're weird. Um, it's once you, once they accept the weirdness, then you're like, okay, yeah. They don't care anymore, so I can enjoy it. Yeah, it's like the episode I'm right now, episode five, is when they really get into the magic stuff. Mm -hmm. So the the guy Kipling, whatever his name is, shows up and he just conjures all this weird shit. Like he conjures that that blue yeah. horse that tells like gives off exposition to the tune of a horse with no name. Mm -hmm. And he's just like, what? What is this weirdness? And you know, and we'll we'll do. Oh, an let's also not forget the horse is in love with Niles Calder. Did I miss that part of it? Or is that he, the horse come back again mm -hmm. later? Oh, the horse comes back and get a Okay, that, no, I, I don't care that I know that. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> That's He's so in love with, with Niles, <laughs> with the chief. Well, I mean, it's Timothy Dalton. I completely understand. Um, I think I told you. Oh, yeah, I think I've mentioned this before. I saw him hmm. at Trader Joe's recently. Hmm. Yeah, so that's two Bonds I've now seen in real life. Sadly, I'll, Sorry, never, you me I'll never be able to collect the whole set because poor Roger Moore is dead. My oh. parents did see him once. I'm just going to Hey, that counts. I'm going to count it. I'm going to yeah. count it. Uh but like this show is super fun and we'll do a full episode on it once the, the season ends, but it's really fun. And I think it, it knows better how to take advantage of the platform. Yes. Um, in the sense that it still has a lot of swearing, like even more swearing almost gratuitously. So than Titans, but it feels more organic because I think the whole show is so weird and these characters are so out of their depth. Yeah. It makes sense that cause, cause the connection we've, talked about before we started recording was um just like in titans no one knows what's going on ever in this yeah, series but but it makes sense because they're not meant to know what's going none no. of them are detectives especially not trained by the world's, the world's greatest, greatest detective. detective yeah like they are all just outcasts yeah who you know who found themselves coming to the same place because they all have like crazy shit going and on they, and none of them want to be there yeah so it makes sense when they're like i'm gonna go do something else right because yeah because they weren't brought here for this purpose. No. And so, it, you know, it makes sense that they're not heroes. Like, there's a lot of similarities between the two shows. Like, dysfunctional team, and it's like they walk this line of, are we heroes or not? That makes sense when none of them were meant to be heroes, and they find that heroic nature in themselves. Mm -hmm. It doesn't make sense when they're all, like, the protégés of trained heroes. Yeah. Um, so, no, I'm really liking this show, and it makes me think that maybe if, what, if whatever creative overlap there is between the two, that maybe by the time we get Titan Season 2 that show will have been designed from the beginning to better fit this platform and to have learned their lessons. Because I mean, we have to acknowledge that at the end of the day, the first season of Titans was still based off of a, a script, a pilot that had been flowing around from network to network for years. Yeah. And they probably didn't want to go to the effort of doing a lot of changes to it. They more or less probably just kept it as it is. Mm -hmm. So I don't... Because they wanted it ready by the time the platform was released. Yeah. And like... Young Justice, the first half of this recent season has been great. I think Doom Patrol is fantastic. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. Maybe maybe Titan Season 2 will be good. Or maybe. Or maybe. Or maybe you're wrong. <laughs> Once again, I'll get 10 episodes into an 11-episode season and finally give up on it. Yeah. But I won't. <laughs> Who knows? I'm a masochist. Uh, and I'm a fool. 
Um, but anyways, so you, so one of the things that I'm kind of upset because you are watching this late, Mm -hmm. um, there, since the show is so weird, the trailers for every episode, cause you know, it comes out weekly. Oh, I'm not watching those. The trailers are so good. Okay. Cause everyone is just like, what the fuck is going on? Okay. Because I mean, they just show the weirdest moments without explaining anything. Any context? Yeah. So All like right. for like the, the episode you're on now, uh, after episode four, we got the trailer, mm-hmm. uh, and just like it's like where's Calder? Not Calder, sorry, where's Niles? Yeah. Uh, and then it's just the the singing horse, singing and horse? that's the whole like, that's the whole trailer. And you're like, what? Who? What? <laughs> and they're all like that. It's all just like 15 seconds of just. Do you want to know what's going on? Too yeah. bad. Too bad. <laughs> Tune in next week for it. All right, I'll have to try to track down those trailers. I'm sure they're online somewhere. And then, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm trying to get caught up as fast as I can. I'm going through it pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, because it's, well, it's you're super, only it's three super watchable. back now. Oh, yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty close mm-hmm. because it's super watchable. So, um, but yeah, guys, I, I confidently say watch Doom Patrol. Yeah. If you hated Titans, as you should have. <laughs> he says after the fact. Yes. Uh, you should definitely be watching Doom Patrol. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, I've said my DC piece. Cameron, I'm going to let you go now. I'm just, <laughs> we'll, we'll, I, we'll, let's, we'll do, let's unshackle those chains. We'll do every every other news first, besides outside the big one. I mean, what other I mean, it's weird because they're all big, but I mean, we what, got a Star Wars trailer. Well, I mean, I'm tying that into Disney. Okay, yeah, yeah. We'll yeah. do Star Wars news first. Okay, Star Wars news first. Uh, you're not excited. I'm not. You're not excited. We got the trailer. We got the name, Rise of, Rise of Skywalker. Let I want to hear your thoughts on this before I go on a tirade. Okay. Um, the floor is yours. Thank you. I, I enjoyed the trailer. Uh, I'm excited for the movie because, you know, it's, it's, the, it's the grand finale, which makes the name of the movie feel off because it's the last Skywalker film, but the, it's called but it's the Rise. Rise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I do enjoy that it's positive again. Uh, you know, I like the hopefulness of the title. Um, I don't have a lot to say about the trailer. It looks great. It does look great. Mm, there's a bug in here. What? It's like a... It's a, it's a moth. That's still a bug. It's not even a killer moth. Actually, no, no, actually kill him, though. He might eat my clothes. What? That's what moths do. They eat, they eat like, cotton and fabric and stuff oh, like that. I, know that. I don't want to eat my fucking clothes. Yeah, well, I, mean, I have nice suits. It's fine. It's fine there. No, what you, you doing, little shit? He wants to leave. Well, he can't. Um, He's got to die. That's fine. Star Wars, yeah, I, I don't have a lot to say about the, my initial viewing. Um, it's great to see everyone again. Yeah. And that, that's, that's the thing, is, like, I'm, I'm more excited of just seeing those characters again than I am of the story. Okay. That's how I feel at the moment, at least. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Now, what are your thoughts, Chris? Okay. So, uh, my friend Jason, who will be listening to this and probably texting me while he's listening to it. Yes. Uh, he and I have been talking a lot about our concerns for episode nine mm-hmm. um, and that it might get overly fan service because he actually really didn't like The Force Awakens. He thought it was just pandering to fans. I think The Force Awakens is probably the best version of an episode seven we were ever going to get, considering all like the goodwill it had to rebuild with the, the fan base who was left a little burned maybe by what? the prequels. And now I'm worried that's what they're doing again. Like, everything about this trailer, the news that came out about Star Wars around Star Wars Celebration, tells me that they're trying real hard to bring the fans back who were upset 
maybe a little overly so, or maybe to an exaggerated extent by The Last Jedi, but rightfully so by Solo, which was boring as fuck. But it's kind of everything about it. It's we're back on some desert planet again, right? Uh, the Rise of Skywalker, I think, is a terrible title. I think it's up there with like Attack of the Clones as a horrible title. <laughs> It doesn't really make sense, given that, spoiler alert, Luke died at the end of the last one, but obviously we know he's coming back in this one because, again, fans were upset about that. Um, we, But there is still another Skywalker. No, there's no more Skywalkers. Yeah. Um, well, Solo. I mean, or Ben Solo. Ben, yeah. Kylo. But it's like, I mean, but he's not a Skywalker, technically. I mean, he kind of is. But, I mean, look, <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying. But, you know, the title feels like they're trying really hard to, like, hey, hey, fans, remember you really didn't like the last one? Well, guess your favorite character, his name is in the movie. So you have to come see it, don't you? Uh, Look, I love that shot on whatever moon that is of the bit of the destroyed Death Star sitting in the water. Like, that's just a great shot in the same way that Crash Star Destroyer was Mm -hmm. in Force Awakens. But... God, I had to look at that scene for so long. What? When, uh, so I did the promotion oh, for, right. yeah, for you, seven. You worked on that. Um, and the, Disney only, they didn't give us any extra footage. We just had the trailers to work off of. Mm-hmm. And so I had to make just countless cinemagraphs out of that one shot. It's a beautiful shot. It's a great shot. But I stared at that thing for <laughs> a good, like, 13 hours. Oh, my God. It's burned in your mind now. Yeah. Um, I mean, like. Oh, it, I will say, I forgot about that. Um, having Leia's theme oh, yeah. as, the, as the score for the trailer hit me really hard. No, I like, loved that. Loved that. I love that they showed in the trailer that she's going to be back in some capacity. Mm-hmm. Um, but it seems like they're just trying to reverse course so hard. Like, you know, even down to them rebuilding Kylo Ren's helmet. And you're just like, well, that was like a big statement of the last movie. Let that continue. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like that just feels like they're trying to, to backpedal a lot or the fact that they emphasize Luke so much in the trailer, they're emphasizing Leia that they reveal that Palpatine's in it in the trailer. Yeah. And you know, there's like that speculation like, Oh, is that him? Is he actually going to be there? Was that like a ruse from what I've read? When we were discussing this beforehand is that according to actually an empire magazine, film journalist, good old oh. James Dyer, uh, he interviewed JJ Abrams right after the celebration panel and JJ confirmed that, Oh yeah, Palpatine's in it. And I'm shocked that no one found out that Ian McDermott was on set, that that didn't get leaked somehow. So it's like, what are they, is he still alive? Is his like spirit still living? But I, I, I guess they're going to go back to the destroyed remains of the death star, which is kind of a cool idea. And maybe if they had done that in the movie previously, and this was then pushing us still further into a larger universe, I'd be a little more excited, but they given that they pushed it so far out and then now they're like reeling it back in makes me less. So, mm-hmm. Do you think, so I'm trying to, I'm trying to think, so the Emperor is thrown over the edge, uh, into the bottomless pit of Star Wars. Yes. And then it explodes. And then it explodes. Yes. Yeah. I think the only person who had a greater overkill death in Star Wars is Han Solo. Yes. Who was stabbed, fell, and then exploded. Yes. That's, that's very true. (laughs) So. I'm trying, I'm, I'm imagining like the joke of if you, you, you know, you're going to dig a hole to China and you jump through and come out the other end. Yeah. I'm imagining there's another opening at the other end of the and Death Star. And just popped up in an equivalent throne room. Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that, yeah. The, that's his like vacation throne room. Um, 
And so he was fine. And so he never he never actually died. It has he, a nice he summer landed, color palette. Yeah, he landed on the other. Yeah, the the Imperial Guards are in like they, just, they still have the red mask, but they're just like in like a red bathing suit. Exactly. It's more of like a pastel red. Yeah. Instead of the instead of the the double bladed lightning or like spears they yeah. have that's just like surfboards. It's just it's like surfboards and bamboo rods. Yeah. What I'm shipping a pina colada. Mm -hmm. Oh no no no! Helmet. You're right. No, it's not. It's um. It's the tiki torches. Yes. yes. It's double. It's double into tiki torches. Uh, and so he had he had plenty of time because he saw everything was blowing up, and so yeah. he just got out. He just ran to an escape pod. Yeah, but he was enjoying vacation so much <laughs> that he stayed. He stayed on vacation, Death Star, for you know, thirty something years. And now he's like, all right, I guess I'll go back to controlling the galaxy. It's like, what? They fucked this up real bad. I gave them everything. I'm in. I'm here. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. Like Luke, I, he only has one hand. What can he do? <laughs> He's useless. I don't know. I guess they'll probably have something where it's like he... It, it, it's like Luke probably becomes like some super form of force ghost. And the only other person to ever achieve that is Palpatine. Are they going to have a ghost fight? Oh my God. I would love that. Would you? <laughs> yeah. Because it's very dumb. I mean... <laughs> At this point, go dumb. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Take a risk. That's all we care for. I mean, that was the biggest problem with Solo is he took no risks. Mm -hmm. And probably the biggest problem with The Last Jedi was it took too many. Yeah. That is, yeah, that is... Excuse me. The biggest problem of that is every, all fans and all kind of film fanatics are like, we want films that take risks. Yeah. But then when the risk doesn't work in their favor fans turn even harder against it. But I think I think you have to earn the risks and I think there's a I think there's a, a good way to push the narrative forward and push the characters forward and expand outward mm -hmm. without without a, an intergalactic horse race. Yeah, without going too far. Cuz you, you think about like Marvel what they're doing, if you think about where Think about the tone and, from what we know, the story content of Endgame in comparison to, say, even, like, the first Avengers movie. Mm -hmm. That is, a, like, a, almost a completely different world at this point. Go even further back to, like, Iron Man 1. Yeah. Um, but they've kind of earned that through gradual progression and also kind of, like, constantly pushing their characters farther forward without losing the spirit of them a yeah. little bit. And I think it also helps too that you just, you have someone really competent with Kevin Feige steering the ship. Mm -hmm. And I just I just don't think they have that at Star Wars. And I think it's also the ones they take risks on are the ones they can afford to take risks on. Yeah, your Guardians, your Thor three, yeah, your Ant Man. Well, and it it's the ones fans are gonna see, but they're not like they're not gonna go crazy if you don't get it perfectly like the comics. Yeah, if anything, they kind of did. Last Jedi and Solo in reverse. Like maybe they should have been a bit more tempered with the Last Jedi, but Solo they should have really pushed out. Absolutely, because I mean the best movie of the new Disney films is Rogue One. I'd say, mm -hmm. and I I wouldn't necessarily call that necessarily super risky, but I, mean, I guess it kind of is. Like their entire primary cast gets killed. Yeah, like no no. God, do you remember all the rumors? around that movie oh yeah i remember the biggest one was they're all gonna turn like they're gonna become the knights of ren oh all kinds of and crazy i'm like shit. that like, was such an awesome rumor yeah I was, I was like oh like ray is gonna be uh jen urso's yeah. granddaughter or whatever like all this crazy stuff but that movie in terms of the the story and the tone and the characters pushed things out but it kept itself firmly planted in a really familiar world it could, like given the time and the settings um, and some of the supporting characters, like that's a really good example of how you handle this sort of stuff. Yeah. 
Um, they, just, they haven't done a great job really since then. Uh, mm-hmm. Plus, Giacchino's score is fantastic, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, any more thoughts on Star Wars? Or uh, <laughs> no, we, the, we there's a tangential news to yeah. Star Wars. So the, the biggest news. Oh, man. I was freaking out while all this was going on. I mean, this... We're talking about Disney Plus. Yeah, so so the this Disney is Disney uh, fucking huge. What's the stockholder meeting was this yeah. week, uh, and so because of that, we got all of the Disney news coming out. Yeah, for Disney Plus specifically. Uh, so I wrote down the highlights. Okay, and oh man, there's so much shit. All right, Chris. let's hear it. So under Marvel, uh, so first off, Disney Plus is coming out November twelfth mm-hmm. for six ninety nine a month. Less it's. Less than half the cost of Netflix. Yes, at this point, that's which is, insane. Which is crazy for so much content. Yeah. So or what? Or like seventy if you pay for the year. It yeah, it's five eighty a month if you pay for the whole year. Okay, so it's like not that much of a savings change, but also mm-hmm. why wouldn't you just right? Do that? Yeah, because that definitely seems to be the new pricing model. It's like because that's what I did with DC. Yeah, I was about to say same. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> same. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I totally have my own DC login. Uh. So for the. New shows we're getting from Marvel. We're getting a Falcon Winter Soldier series. We're getting a, uh, a Scarlet Witch series called WandaVision. Because well, it's Scarlet Witch and the Vision. Yeah, but it's I don't a, like that name. It's a weird name. It, it sounds like like a 1960s like back of comics toy. Uh, you can see it in WandaVision. Ooh. Oh. Uh, we're getting a Marvel... Uh, what is it called? Uh, what Marvel? What ifs? I yeah, might, I think I the the first else. one is going to be what if Peggy Carter became Captain America? Or yeah, in this case, and it's going to be animated Britain, too, which is super exciting. And I imagine they're probably going to get, um, oh my god, how am I blanking on her name? I adore her so much. Uh, Haley Atwell. Yes. Oh, I love they're, her. I'm sure they're going to get her back as the voice. Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting to see if they can get other people too. Like I think, because I think the other rumor too was. This confirmed that Steve Rogers never had the transformation happen, so he's super skinny, but he's in a robot suit. Oh, so then like, oh, are we gonna get Chris Evans voicing like skinny Steve in a robot suit as a sidekick? Are we gonna get uh, Dominic Cooper back as Howard Stark? You know what I would? Are we gonna get grumpy, grumpy Tommy Lee Jones? I was what's love his name? Tommy, Tommy Lee came <laughs> back. So what I, the way I imagine this show, because what I really want, I know they're not gonna do this, but I want them to just do it the same way they do Drunk History. Oh my god! Where it's, where it's yes. like, it's it's they get like uh, drunk. I guess Steve Rogers can't get drunk because that'd be the problem. You yeah. get drunk Iron Man. You get drunk, drunk Tony. Tony. The whole show is just drunk Tony. Just telling, drunk Tony telling just spinning yarns. Yeah. And so it's told, and then it's yeah, it's, it's just all the characters having to act drunk. I would love that. I would love to see Marvel drunk history. Uh, and then we have a Loki series. We know is coming. And out. Uh, did you mention Hawkeye too? That they're, uh, they're I did not. Yeah, and yeah Hawkeye as well. Hawkeye series. Mm-hmm. Um, which I'm, ex- I'm excited about. Like, I'm I'm excited for all those things. Yeah. Um, next to that, <clears throat> we're getting a Jeff Goldblum series. Oh, on, yeah, on Nat World, Geo. Yeah, World According to Jeff Goldblum. So good. So pumped. Uh, it's a documentary series. We're getting a new Phineas and Ferb movie. Do you, do you think oh, that Jeff Goldblum's motto, like his sign off the end of every episode, is ah, and, and life has found a way? Oh, for sure. <laughs> is he allowed to? Of course he is. Yeah, yeah like, that's true. I think anything about... Dr. Ian Malcolm, Jeff Goldblum owns it. Yeah. Like, he doesn't actually own it, but who's going to argue with him? Who's going to stop like, him? Like, who yeah. of the Michael Crichton estate is going to be like, um, excuse me, Mr. Goldblum, like, we would appreciate if you would cease and desist for, like, use of your character outside of these prescribed things. He'd be like, uh, uh, uh no, thank you. And just walk um, away. Mm, I don't mm, think so. Mm, no, no, I don't, I don't think so. 
Um, I can see the, the, the subtle imperfections of your contract, and I'm going to exploit them. Yes. <laughs> I don't have time, but I will do it in my jazz band. Exactly. I will sing a song about it. Uh, so we're getting, <clears throat> yeah, we're getting that. We're getting a Phineas and Ferb movie, which mm-hmm. is super, because do you ever watch Phineas and Ferb? I have not. It's, it's really good. Is that where Perry the Platypus comes from? It is. Okay, my cousin loves Perry the Platypus. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a show so much better than it deserves to be. Okay. Because it's kind of, did you watch Ed, Ed, Nettie? little bit. I was okay. never the biggest fan. Um, it's like a, a it's, it's the Disney version of that. Yeah. It's two kids on summer vacation where every day they do something unbelievable. Cause they have like, didn't they do like a Star Wars crossover and maybe like a Marvel crossover? Um, they too? had a Marvel crossover and they had a, a movie that was kind of a parody of Star Wars. Okay. Cause I feel like I've seen a photo of either Phineas and or Ferb in a Darth Vader helmet wielding a lightsaber. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, uh, so we're getting that. We're getting a Monsters, Inc. series called Monsters at Work. Oh, yeah. Super pumped for that. Uh, a Lady in the Tramp live action movie. Yeah, sure, whatever. Uh, in Star Wars news, we're getting Star Wars Clone Wars again. Yes. Uh, oh, that I'm super excited about. Y- you've seen the Clone Wars? I've seen half of the Clone Wars. Okay. I need to I th- finish th- it. Is it still on Netflix or do they take it off at this point? Uh, I think it's still up. Okay. It's re- it's worth watching. I know it is. It's, it's exceptionally good. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're getting that. We're getting the Mandalorian. Uh, we're getting a Cassian Andor and Alan Tudyk series or K- K2SO series. Oh yeah. Um, and then the biggest news for me, which I'm sure you saw and just rolled your eyes, all the DCOMs are confirmed. Not I all. A hundred of the DCOMs are confirmed. And there's 140. No. Uh, now there's about 112. Okay. Mm-hmm. Do not recite them all, please. <laughs> it all started back it. in 1996. I believe if I don't say that explicitly, <laughs> you'll just start doing that. Uh, and along with that, we're getting 5,000 episodes of Disney Channel original shows. I, yeah, I saw the like, Kim Possible's going up there. Kim Possible. Uh, Boy Meets World. Yeah, Boy Meets World. I, um, I saw uh, a great, McGuire. great tweet from Will Friedel, and I retweeted it on our account, and it, the headline was like, oh, Boy Meets World and Kim Possible both going up. And he's like, yes, my plans for world domination are complete. Yeah. Um, and we're getting a, a new show, which is so bad. It's called High School Musical, the Musical, the Series. It's a, yeah, that's the right reaction. Uh, it's about a, a high school that's a big fan of the series High School Musical who makes a musical about the movies. Yeah, <laughs> that's the right reaction. So it's kind of like <laughs> the Human Centipede Two. I haven't seen that. I've actually never seen the first Human Centipede, but I did watch the second one, which is the most horrifying. Is thing it? Ever. Is it a doctor watches Human Centipede and decides? Yes. That he wa- oh, like there's that's like amazing. some random like security guard in a parking garage saw the Human Centipede, becomes obsessed with it, and kidnaps a whole bunch of people, including the actress who played one of the main characters in the first movie. So this is a world. This is set in a world where that movie exists. Mm-hmm. And so the, the actress who was in it before... Where gets, the actress is a well-known actress? No, like, people just now know her from that movie. Okay. And, like, she gets kidnapped and she becomes part of this human centipede. It's really horrible. That's hilarious. It's like... Yes, that's exactly what this movie is there's like. There's, like, one of them's a pregnant woman and she, like, we think she dies and she escapes and she goes out to her car and she, like, gives birth in the car... I don't want to get into it. We don't have it to. It still gives me nightmares to think about it. It's the most disgusting thing I've ever seen. But it's kind of like that. Yes, it's exactly like that. Uh, my friend got to see the first episode already, and she said it's bad. I Well, yeah, as you would expect it to be. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, that all fits because, not the bad part, but, like, what they're going for here. Because it's 
very much family focused. Mm-hmm. It seems like the well, she said it was very reminiscent of like Glee, where it's like High okay. School Musical meets Glee. Okay, that that kind of makes sense. Yeah, um, like, I did see too. We're getting a Love Simon TV show. Are we um, really? Well, yeah, we get Fox content yeah. too. Like uh, also, all the Simpsons will be up on Disney yes, Plus. Yes, I wasn't well. done yet. Fine. Okay. So we're getting all the Simpsons, which is kind of upsetting because I think that means they're going to shut down Simpsons World, which, in my opinion, is still the most superior. Isn't it free? Uh, if you have, yeah, if you have FX? cable. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because it's like literally every episode of The Simpsons ever, right? Yes. But I'm going to get into that in a second. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah. So by the end of the year, all of Fox will be up on... Um, well, not all of Fox. I think all the more family-friendly stuff of Fox. Yeah. I think the so, rest yeah, of the it ones will they be... mentioned are Sound of Music, Princess Bride, and Malcolm oh. in the Middle. Yeah. The rest uh, of it will go up on uh, Hulu. Hulu, most likely, yeah. Uh, and then we're getting a new Christmas movie, which sounds... I mean, we don't have anything we know about it except the casting. It's called Noel, starring Anna Kendrick and Bill Hader. Oh, yeah. So I'm like, yeah, fuck yeah, I'm going to watch that movie. Oh, I think Billy Eichner might be in that, too. Yeah, I'm fucking down for that. Yeah. So with streaming services... Have we had this conversation yet about how I want streaming to work? No, I don't think we have. Okay. I've been pitching this to a, everyone that I can talk to. Mm-hmm. Anyone that will listen for more than five minutes before they just get up and walk away. <laughs> um, streaming service. So why the reason I feel Simpsons has nailed streaming um, is they give you basically custom curated content. Okay. Which is what I think the next battle is going to be. I think... Once, once Netflix has a pure rival, yeah, like a Disney Plus that has equal amount of content for half the price. Mm-hmm. Warner Brothers is still in the process of getting theirs up. Yeah, uh, fuck Viacom because they're not even in the game yet. No, they've been trying mm-hmm. for years to keep their stuff from going up online. Yeah, because they're fucking stupid. Sometimes. I mean, it makes sense. They own Blockbuster until it's dying day. Yeah. Well, guess what? Time to like <laughs> figure shit out now. Blockbuster has been gone forever. Yeah. Um, and so we're basically going to have all of cable and the, in the next two years, we're going to have all of cable in the palm of our hands for less than $20 a month. Every, basically all of media, not cable, all of media. But like not less than $20 a month if you add them all up together. I mean, between, um, okay. So I, I was just doing Disney and Warner brothers, assuming Warner brothers is going to have a similar price structure. Oh, okay. Well, but what about, so you're excluding Netflix? Yes. I was going to say just those two. Okay. Do you... Okay. Well, continue then. Continue. Okay. So what I think the next battle is going to be is not a battle of content because mm-hmm. everyone's going to have great content. It's going to be a battle of retention. It's okay. what can we do to keep you on our site the longest. Yeah. And Netflix, since they've never had a rival, has never had to worry about that. Yeah. It's... There was actually an interview last week or this week that said um, their biggest competitor right now is weirdly Fortnite. Because that's yeah, the I, only I thing too. as big as them, as as a as big of a time block for people as yeah. Netflix is, which is kind of crazy. It that is game really is so fucking. I hate that game. Yeah, I've never, never. Um, I'm also very bad at first person shooters, so I have. Oh, can't. Uh, <laughs> but you're very, fantastic at Dance Dance Revolution. Thank you. And really, what is the greater skill set to have? That's true. Yes. Um, so we're gonna have this battle for retention of how can we keep people on our site. The longest. Mm-hmm. And I think the way The Simpsons handles it is is the best way to do it right now, which is it's not that you don't have to watch every episode in order. And yeah. that's the only way you can watch it. You They have a randomized button, which is great, mm-hmm. especially for shows like The Office, because, you know, everyone watches The Office all the time. Yeah. Um, but also they have custom 
channels they've created. So like if I want to watch just Bart episodes, mm-hmm. there's a channel, it's a 24 seven, uh, auto generated stream yeah. of just every Bart centered episode. Uh, I mean, this kind of sounds like, um, Spotify in some ways. In it terms is of like a curated playlist. Yeah. Interesting. And so I feel like Hulu had the best opportunity before Disney con- and they still do, but before Disney controlled them, they had, um, the TGIF lineup. Yeah. And so what they could have done, what they should have done, is made that its own streaming channel. Oh, okay. Where instead of like, I want to watch Just Bull Meets World or Just Say by the Bell or Just Full House. Yeah. Um, I want to watch TGIF, which oh. is be a random generated My God. episode list. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. A random generated episode list where it will be that order, or whatever order they want to give it to you in. But you will, you'll have an episode of Full House followed by a random episode of Boy Meets World, followed by a random episode of Saved by the Bell, with a random episode of, I don't remember anything else, uh, Step by Step. But could you imagine, along those lines, if they were like, okay, you want to set up a TJF playlist. Mm -hmm. You select which shows you want. Yes, so that was my next point. Yeah. So so once you understand that setup, then you go to user-generated curated content, where where I have the option of, it lists all of their content. Yeah. And I same way you same way with like in cable you can make a favorites playlist mm-hmm. or not play, favorites uh, folder mm-hmm. of all the channels you wanted. Yeah, and you wouldn't have to see the other nine hundred. So all of every show on Hulu comes up, and I want Adventure Time and uh, throw in uh, Clone High and throw in Beavis and Butthead, King of the Hill. Uh, Daria. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I also, you know, uh, every now and then, you know, my wife's going to come in. And so I want, uh, I can't think of any other shows right now. Oh, no, keep going. This can only be good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, you have a list, you, you make your own list. Yeah. And so then, then they just, then, you know, you have your own content that you're always getting all the time. That is amazing. That actually is a fantastic idea. Yeah. And it's crazy because fans have been doing this forever. Yeah. I remember when I first started college, uh, I was having major nostalgia for the old Nick game shows, Nick Gas. Um, You know, Gas? Games and sports. Thank you. I'm so glad someone else knows that. A lot of people don't. I am older than you. You are. Yes. (laughs) Thank you for reminding people. (laughs) I was actually alive when this stuff was on air. Yeah. I was around for the reruns. Yeah. Um, channel 177, Nick Gass. God damn it. Um, so fans had recreated Nickelodeon game shows where it was a 24 seven stream, Mm -hmm. illegal stream, but that's beyond the point. Um, where it was a guy who had recorded pretty much every episode of all the shows would give you an episode of, you know, finders keepers, then an episode of double dare and then an episode of, uh, legend of the hidden temple and Nick arcade. Um, and like if I was, you know, if I was restless at night or just needed something on in the background, I just turned the stream on. Yeah. Cause it was always something that I was excited to watch. That's, and that's like, I'm amazed. No one's done that yet. I'm actually amazed they haven't too, because what you've described basically it, it's things looping back around to the way cable works. Exactly. When you and I were younger, where it's like when you, when things weren't on demand, you would just be like, well, I know that I like this channel and what they're going to deliver and I'll be entertained by it. Or you have that, like, to the same degree, now you have that natural discovery. Like, I'm just going to, oh, this is one thing I like. I'm going to put it on and whatever keeps playing, it's going to keep playing. Mm-hmm. You know, the the new version of that became just binging a show, episode to episode. But you're right, if you can throw in some variety there. 
like, you know, today I was watching some Doom Patrol. I was like, okay, but I want also want to watch a little bit of Bob's Burgers mm-hmm. and the like the Apple TV integration is not so great. You have to like keep going back out and going back in versus if it just went from one to the next, if I could go through and set a playlist, I could just let it play and that yeah. would be amazing. And so that's kind of what YouTube's already doing is they're doing the mm-hmm. recommended. Yeah. And I think, I mean, Netflix does that to a degree. Yeah. But, but their their recommendation system is also not the best. No, I, I've I've talked to a handful of people this week about how they feel about streaming services, mm-hmm. and every single person said, "Well, they're rec- I'm not really getting recommended what I want to watch." Literally, yeah. every single person I've talked to said that. Yeah, I um I got to listen to a presentation from some folks at Netflix about some of this sort of stuff, mm-hmm. and to be honest, I don't remember much of what they said. Uh, but it was interesting, just like the level of detail they go into, like yeah. thinking about how to get people on board, and it, it made me think about like, oh, how do I, like, uh, they are one of the few platforms that has all of the data on how we watch stuff. Mm-hmm. They know how long we scroll until we select something, what we stop on, what we don't. Um, if you like look through my Netflix, uh, any opportunity for there to be a shirtless man, it's on there. Mm-hmm. Well, did you guess hear what? about? It works. Did you hear about um, how they handle death, love, and robots? They, yeah, they had, like, I think four different iterations of the episode order. Mm-hmm. And it would cater to, like, what your tastes are. Yeah, I think it's so cool. That is really cool. And so I think I wouldn't be surprised if maybe Netflix starts doing what you have just described because they have already have elements of that in there. And they don't have – they are now in the phase of their uh, business model where they can be playing with that sort of stuff. They're not trying to build up content in the same way like DC is right now. Or they're not trying to just build the platform out in the same way that – um, Disney will be. Yeah, they they have they're now in like the quote unquote like if you like innovation stage rather than startup phase. But mm-hmm. I bet you they start doing it and someone else does it better in the same way that I bet you the Disney Plus platform will be better than the Netflix platform. Yes, this is fascinating shit. Yeah, it's, I, I, I kind of just want to keep talking about. I've this. I've, I've wanted. I mean, I've <laughs> I've been talking to people about this forever, and I've kind of been able to like craft yeah. it based on how they react. No, to, I to this I pitch. think you, what you've described is absolutely genius Mm -hmm. um and i hope someone does it i hope more people actually stay in the room and listen to you cameron thank you everyone listen to this podcast because because then because then we have the other side of that not other side of the coin but a a side reaction to that is we're in such a boom of um serial serial right serial content yeah yeah where it's it's one long story yes everything on netflix is now an 11 hour movie but yeah. if we go, if we start to set up this format, then we can see the resurgence of episodic content again. Yeah. And we can get more of those kind of single stories or just two part episodes. Yeah. And, you know, it, it will, again, like you said, it'll, it'll give the feel of cable back. Yeah. But in a more custom way. This is all super exciting stuff. Yes. I, I am. I'm very excited for Disney Plus. I mean, I think it's something you and I are always going to get, mm-hmm. no matter what. Especially at seven fucking dollars. Yeah, for that price point, it's it's really hard to beat. I mean, just their back catalog alone is worth it. Like what I've always said about the DC universe is, if you love that stuff, it honestly is worth it. Absolutely, because there is so much stuff on there in terms of the back catalog, and I think now especially their original programming is getting pretty damn solid. Um, but you think about like Disney, no one has a better back catalog than Disney. And now, especially having Fox in there too. Yeah. Um, okay. I have, I have one final thing I want to ask you okay, in okay. regards to this. Then we should talk about, uh, Batman <laughs> beyond here, but tangentially to this, now that Disney owns Fox, mm-hmm. do you think they're going to put the Fox fanfare back on the original trilogy films? 
the Star Wars films? Ooh. That's a good question. I think there might be some other complicated things in regards to George Lucas. I think he may still have some sort of creative involvement in that regards. Mm-hmm. And he's the one who keeps like pushing to always have only the, the overly modified versions out there. Yeah. But I was going to say, if you throw him enough money, <laughs> he'll say yes he'll to anything. He'll do anything. Do you think he'll do it? No. Mm-hmm. I think Disney's too prideful. Maybe. But, well, I don't know. They also love to pander to their fans. But does Disney like to, or do the subsidies of Disney like to? I think Disney does. That's, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, Disney has just been regurgitating the same stuff for years and years and years, and we all just keep eating it up again and again. I mean, and again. I did see Dumbo. Oh, yeah. We should talk about that in uh, plugs. I've yeah. also seen Dumbo. Mm-hmm. Also, I don't know if you noticed, I didn't realize that's what this is what it was until someone pointed it out. The Disney Plus logo... It's the fucking Tinkerbell arch from their, from the Walt Disney logo. Oh, yeah, because, like, the, the thing goes over the top, and then it, yeah. it connects with the top of the plus. Didn't even, like, dawn on me that that's Cameron, what that's, they were doing. That's so basic. I expected better from you. I know. As the designer. <laughs> as, yeah. As the Disney head and the designer. Um, okay. But I think right, now yeah. we, we, we should definitely get into talking about... Please, please, if you guys want to continue having streaming conversations, I love talking about this stuff. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, I'm not sure... What else there is to cover? But I would be willing oh, to be I, like, I will talk could, for days. Maybe about we should just streaming. do a bonus episode on this for the people who like like it when we talk mm-hmm. about the industry and. Be well, I'm, I'm douchebags. So I, I was off by a week, so I'm doing I'm doing a full episode with a friend about the state of streaming mm-hmm. this week. Oh, okay. So the episode Sweet. will come out uh, in two or three weeks, so I'll, I'll definitely plug that. Yeah. Um, and I don't know what their stance is, so it might just be me ranting for yeah. about an hour. Uh, so come and listen to that. Come and listen. It should be yeah. great. Cameron will finally get a chance to talk. Yes. Without being judged. Yes. Or interrupted. Or interrupted. Um, okay. But let's let's talk about The Call. Yes. Uh, our two-part Batman Beyond episode this week. Uh, I remember asking you last week if you knew what it was about. You said no. So what were your thoughts going into this? Um, <clears throat> I, I really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Um, it. Once I saw the thumbnail, I realized what it was. Okay. But I didn't know the ending. Okay. I didn't know about Starro. Okay. Uh, yeah, so for those of you who haven't seen it, which obviously you should, because why the hell are you listening to this damn podcast? Yeah. But Thanks, Mom. Yeah, right? Oh, my, my parents don't listen. I know they don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, thanks, Cindy. There you go. <laughs> there we go. But uh, so this is Batman Beyond's introduction to the Justice League. Also, our introduction to the Justice League, period, in the DCAU. This was their first uh, time appearing on screen in any sort of capacity. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's basically Superman suspects there's a traitor amongst the, the league roster and brings in Batman to help him figure it out. Now, ju- let's just actually start there with the roster because it's a very interesting collection. And when it's been retconned in the future, in some ways it makes a bit more sense. But you think about when they picked this group, the Justice League hadn't existed yet in terms of the show. Mm-hmm. It's a weird collection of people. Yeah, so so we don't know Warhawk's background yet. Yeah, so I, I, as far as I can tell, when we meet him here, he was just a character they created. I think an original character they created. Yeah. Sorry, that came out more yeah. uh, and? S- snarky than it meant to. And? Uh, yes, yeah. Uh, but where I was going with that was... Um, we do see Aqua Girl is the daughter of Aquaman. Yes, and the the little thumbnail they show on her, her background is the version from Superman they made a series. Yes, and he was listed as whereabouts unknown, which mm-hmm. I also thought was quite interesting. Yeah, which could mean dead. Probably dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It is. I mean, everyone was. Or at the bottom of the trench. 
Yeah. Maybe he's in that weird portal space. Yeah, he, he went to go film a trench movie and never came back. <laughs> There's no coming back from a trench movie. That's true. DC should know that by now. <laughs> they should. They don't. They haven't. Um, but no, so yeah, we had um, Warhawk, Aqua Girl, um, Green Lantern. They never specified his name. Uh, his, his name is Cairo. That's right. Okay. Um, and that name comes from Green Lantern's sidekick in like an old 60s show, maybe, or something like that. Gotcha. Um, and he those... made, and that character, maybe from Nanda Parvat, based off of a future comic. Okay. Oh, cool. Yeah, which is kind of cool. Uh, those three, and then um, who am I missing? Barda, the, yeah, Barda, Barda. Sorry, uh, and then um, Superman. Well, there's oh, the Micron, Trin- Micron. That's his yeah, name. Micron, who's a, a successor of the Atom. Yes. Um, and then yeah, Barda and Superman. Mm-hmm. And what I found fascinating about this roster, and I don't know if it was just lack of time to flush them out, is they were very, they were very much on extreme ends of everything. Is you had Barda and Warhawk, um, always pushing for aggression. Okay, yeah. Always pushing for violence, and especially at the end. Oh, okay. Uh, I once see they, mean. yeah, once they stopped Superman, Starro controlled Superman. Warhawk was immediate, like, yeah, we're gonna kill him. Yeah. I'm like, what? No, it's Superman. It's Superman. One good luck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like, are you gonna? How are you gonna do it? Yeah. I mean, they did have the Kryptonite. Yeah. Um, but then on the other side, you have Aqua Girl and. Uh, Green Lantern, mm-hmm. who are as pacifist as you can get as, yeah. a, as a league member. Which I think that's cool from Aqua Girl, too, considering her dad. And especially yeah. at that point, the only version of Aquaman we had seen in the DCAU was from Superman the Animated Series, and that version in particular was a warmonger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so it's it was... I think it is, They just we didn't have time to go into kind of the intricacies that we mm-hmm. do with the regular league. Yeah. But I did find that very interesting that, like, Superman is the middle ground here. Yeah. Where, I mean, not really. He's, I know, no, he is. Yeah, he, he's the, he's aggressive, but uh, always looking to be passive. Yeah. I mean, he, I thought they did a good job writing him consistent with the version we had seen in the animated series. Yeah. And then even at the end, Warhawk makes, makes a joke, uh, where Superman's like, no, we're going to send her to their home planet. He's like, oh, yeah, you're back to normal now. Yep, right back to where you started. Mm-hmm. What do you think of the Superman look, the suit? Um, it, it felt very 2001. I really like it. I, I like it, but it, it's very much like an early 2000s design. Yeah. I, I mean, it seems appropriately like futuristic. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, maybe it could have used like a bit more color. It's it's the future version of the of the. Just gonna. uh, gonna, I'm super thirsty, so I'm just going for a hike. That's good. What what kind of water is that, Chris? If you can talk about our sponsor for this week. Um, Well, this is coming from a. The water itself is coming out of a bottle called Vichy Catalan, which is a fantastic Vichy Catalan. Vichy Catalan, a fantastic uh, Spanish natural spring water with a really high sodium content. High sodium content. You don't say. Which actually, people think like, well, that's not like very hydrating. Then, but the thing is, is that you actually need. The sodium, you like this is why Gatorade works so well. Basically, like you need the mineral content to actually direct the water into your body. If you drink purified water, one, it would kill you. But most like pure water, like like purified water, unfiltered water is like it's not good for you. Actually, you want that. But uh, to be honest, it's actually just uh, like normal Brita water. I've this was my bottle of water at work for a long time, and I just kept refilling it, refilling it, refilling it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I was parched, and so I'm just yeah. gonna. So Brita, the sponsor of this week's podcast. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And Vichy Catalan. And, Vichy, and my friend Randall. Vichy alone. And my friend Randall who bought me that bottle. Um, but yeah, I, I like the suit. 
Um, do you like the... Oh, sorry, what I was going to say before you... I was horribly interrupted by that by that ad. <laughs> do you like, By that real ad. Do you love that I don't even interrupt you now with words. I just interrupt you with water. <laughs> just pouring water. Well, I mean, you also control the birds and the cars. This is absolutely true. Mm-hmm. We have a very intricate schedule set up. Uh, and to their credit, they stick to it very well. Yeah. But they're well paid for it. It's true. So... That's where uh, all the podcast money goes. Yes. I was going to say the, the Superman. All the look, money we get from our ads. Yes. Our fishy cattle on ads. Yeah. Unfortunately, you spend all that money on just more water. <laughs> it's a corrupt system. What can I say? It's true. I'm easily influenced. I mean, that's how I am with Disney, though. They, they pay me to spend money at Disney. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Mm-hmm. Um, the joke doesn't matter anymore. We can continue. <laughs> no, what were you going to say? I was going to say it's the, the Superman is the... It's if the the Slotsky S had a had a look. Yeah, we should have skipped that joke. Yeah, but the what? The the S, the S that everyone drew in elementary school. Oh, is that what that's called? The Slotsky? I think it's something like that. It's based off a skater. Is it? Yeah, it's a. It started off as a skater logo. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is kind of reminiscent of that a little bit. I don't, I like the look. Did you like uh, Christopher McDonald doing the voice? It's not Tim Daly or George Nurbin. George Newburn, in fact. Oh, I did not. I didn't realize that. I, yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah, because he, he's like kind of an older, distinguished. Do you know who Christopher McDonald is? Yes. Shooter McGavin. Yes. Yeah. I I, I love him. Mm-hmm. He's fantastic. Uh, yeah, I, I liked their their version of Superman. I thought it was interesting they used Barda here. And I, I guess they wanted to use Wonder Woman for whatever reason they couldn't. This is what I read. And so they opted for Barda because it's a pretty fair approximation. But they do show... On her data sheet, like a photo of her and her original, like full blue mm-hmm. new apo- or, um, apocalyptian armor with Mister Miracle. Yes, and um, so I, I have a whole bunch of the Batman Beyond, Superman Beyond, and Justice League Beyond comics. They, they keep going. And I want to finish them at some point, but there is one collected edition that goes through and explains basically all the, the backstory of a lot of those characters. Yeah. And I don't remember exactly why Barda stayed behind, but she did. Um, obviously, because she's there. Yeah. But it, like, it goes a little bit into like who Cairo was, and it uh, it actually fully explains how Warhawk came to be, how Rex Stewart... Well, sex. Yes, that, obviously. But as you may recall, Cameron, when we get to the end of Just League Unlimited, Green Lantern and Hot Girl are not together, but they have a kid in the future. And so this, because Green Lantern's with Vixen, they explain what happens, how it comes about that they do end up having a son together. Mm-hmm. That's what I meant. But yes, <laughs> th- th- through sex. Yeah. But also, yeah. she's an alien. I don't know how that works. It's true. She looks human. Um, also, maybe she lays uh, eggs. One of the things that kind of caught me off guard was they refer to themselves as the JLU. Yeah, the Just League Unlimited specifically, yeah. which I thought was an ironic name considering so few of them. Yeah. And the, and the show didn't exist yet. Yeah. Did it? No. Okay. No, no, obviously. Because this was 2001. Okay. Out, maybe 2002 at this point. Um, and the, wait, what, 2004 was the first year of Justice League? I don't, three or four, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, this was... I'm looking, I'm looking this up here. It's what year this episode came out. Um, oh, no. This aired in November of 2000. Oh, oh, yeah. Then way before. Yeah. So, significantly. So, I mean, maybe... Justice League was at this point like a twinkle in Bruce Timm's eye. Like maybe they had just started putting together like some early concept stuff. It's probably in development. Yeah. But it would have been so early on that 
it's not like I don't I can't imagine that the development of Justice League had any influence on who they chose here. Maybe like there were some hopeful considerations, but I don't think it affected it at all. Gotcha. I mean, do you like this lineup? Do you think that they it's a good team? Do you find I do. It, do you find I mean, Green Lantern's there. So that's all I care about. That's really true. I like that version of Green Lantern. Yeah, it's 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 interesting to have a more passive Green Lantern. Well, and he he, he feel he feel. I mean, I'm sure that he was a lot of inspiration for the future Blue Lanterns. And if mm, if the maybe. other cores existed, I think he definitely would have been a Blue Lantern. That he's very much the vein of Saint Walker. Yeah, sure. I'm disagreeing with you on these things. Uh. I mean, it's kind of cool, too, because he's a kid. He's like he's the youngest by far, but he carries with him this uh, sort of like solemn wisdom and he's, maturity. He's, almost, he's very uh, like Buddhist inspired. Yeah, he's a centering figure Yeah, um, on the team, which is fun. Like, I mean, I, I would watch, I don't know if a long series, but I, I'd watch more stuff with these guys. I, like, I certainly was excited when they came back around again in uh, Justice League and Justice League Unlimited. Mm-hmm. But instead, we got the Zeta Project. We got the Zeta Project, which Maddie is super, super down for. I know. Because that was, that was only, you know, 20 episodes ago, 15 episodes ago. And they decided that that's the show we're going to watch. That's want. the one they're going to spin off. But I think that one was even more kid-focused. Yeah. And probably also stupid cheap to make, by comparison. This, this episode, like, a Justice League Beyond show would have been pretty expensive. Just it, It's a larger, regular cast... Um, you know, bigger set pieces. Would Superman sort of still be there if they made a well, show about this? So that's the interesting Or thing. would they Doom Patrol this and just take him out? Just, would they Professor X him? Yeah, just... the, yeah, the first minute of the show is like, something's going on, gotta go. Well, so that's an interesting thing they actually kind of do in that comic series is after, you know, we learn that Superman has had Starro on him for years and been manipulating him, after the events of this episode, he decides to step away from the league and like refamiliarize re himself with Earth mm -hmm. and what it means to be a hero. It's it's kind of like that. What was that comic where Superman was like walking across the country, like Unbound, not Unbound, like Earthbound or something, or Superman walks. Oh yeah, it's just I think it's just Bound. No, I know which one you're talking about. Yeah, because yeah. the cover it's a it's a white cover with uh, you know text up top with a red cross not cross a red uh strip and then superman's right under it yeah i mean it's kind of like those along those lines he's doing his he's like learning how to become a hero again and so mm -hmm. he leaves the team and then the the justice league beyond comics uh focus on the rest of that team and then even batman still has this sort of like part-time status that he opts for mm -hmm. i did like that um they make a comment about that. Like, oh yeah, even the original Batman was only ever a part-time member and Justice League and JLU stuck with that pretty consistently. Yeah. I mean, he, he's still featured pretty He's still a founder. Yeah, he's still a founder and he's still featured <clears throat> but a prominently. Founder. But there's a lot of Justice League episodes where he's not even in it. Yeah. And he's just like, nope, <clears throat> do my own thing. You guys have fun with this. Uh, so I did have one problem with the whole setup of this. Okay. They said, Starro has been on Superman for years. Yeah. So when he comes to and sees a Batman there, what is he thinking? Because he would have never known about Terry. Oh, that's a good point. Because Terry's still, I mean, it, according to school, it hasn't been a year. Has it he's, not? He's still in the same grade. We don't know that. I think he could have, he could have gone on to, we never, okay. we never, we don't know his he's grade specifically. He's still in high school. Yeah, he's still in high school. So it's been. And he, he drives, right? So he's at least 16. Yeah. But I mean, I think this is kind of like a Smallville territory too, where when we meet, we meet Clark <laughs> in the first seat of Smallville. He's definitely a freshman. So he should be like. 13 but he looks 30 and is still driving 
Yeah. I think it's kind of like one of those things. But too. I mean, in Smallville, that's in the country. I mean, it's driving in, it's, age in the country is like it's nine. Kansas. Every, yeah. Anything goes. I remember one of the guys that I hated in, in middle school driving his dad's truck at like 13. Yeah. And you're like, fuck and that guy. He's fuck so, you. He's so cool driving Austin, his truck. Austin. That's a cool name. Fuck you. It's a cool name. No, it's not. He's yeah, it is. A my fucking cu- asshole. Hey, my cousin's name is Austin. Okay, well... Hopefully your cousin Austin is better than Austin I went to high school, middle school with. He is. My cousin Austin's like the coolest kid ever. Right. And I'm not just saying that because he's my cousin. I'm saying that because he's like legit, like super cool. Okay. He's chill AF. Shut up. What? He is. Shut up. He is. I won't have this youth <laughs> slang in this podcast. What? He's like the only kid that doesn't annoy me. That's good. Yeah. I don't know. So, I mean... It's kind of a, I mean, it's kind of a cool setup that there's, there's a mole like conceivably in the ranks. Like, uh, there's a train accident. It would have been cool if they made a whole series about that. Oh wait, Young Justice season one. Oh yeah, there's that. (laughs) See, again, we see the influence of the DCAU on Young Justice. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, there's like a train accident right up front that incapacitates, uh, Micron, um, who I just have to say. Considering that Micron is like super powered and wears this like fancy suit and doesn't have to say that ripped, he is mm-hmm. so ripped. Well, that's there's a, there's a joke from from um actually the the game show I always talk about mm-hmm. uh, where one of the questions was about Beast from X Men. Yeah, and like oh his his mutation is uh, it makes him super smart and super strong, but no. He's already smart. He's already super smart. Yeah. yeah, he he chooses not to use his power of strength. Because he likes to just be smart on just his own, be smart, yeah. which I think is so funny as a mutant of like, yeah, I'm the strongest person in here, yeah, but I'm gonna go teach science to some kids. Exactly, because I'm a nerd. Yeah, a sexy blue nerd. Mm-hmm. Those mm. glasses, man. Those glasses, those glasses, those tight trunks. Frank McCoy. Yeah, I mean, you know, in general, I'm not into bears. I'm not really into like the the furry scene for not furries as an animal. It's like hairy, yeah, thing. But beast, I'll, I'll make an exception. <laughs> It's the blue. It's, it's, it's the blue. Yeah. yeah. I get it. I got you. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah so, so like Micron's M- Micron is put inside a back to tank. Uh, and then we see ink again, which is kind of fun. Yeah. Um, I forgot that she came back in. I, I think they just needed someone. They needed a villain who we already knew. So we didn't have to have do any backstory on who just kind of does these sort of capers. And then also could be like a kind of threat to Superman. Mm-hmm. Um, also, why does Superman show up in that weird, like, green poncho and hat look to spy on Terry? How famous do you think he is in the public now? Because he's been around for... 40? Yeah. So everyone knows him. Crazy, crazy famous, I guess, at this point. Yeah, so I think he... I mean, he can't just fly. Yeah, I guess that was his version of, like, going incognito. Yeah. Um, I thought I had a thought there, and I don't know where it went. Having a bodyguard, because I was thinking about Superman having a bodyguard, oh, and I think it's bodyguard. very funny. Well, I always I laugh at the uh, the photos of like professional fighters and boxers and wrestlers that have bodyguards, because like, what are they gonna do? <laughs> I mean, it's more just like someone running logistics. It's just someone keeping an eye out for these things. Yeah, no, so they, I, I they know. They don't have to. But I find it's because there was some there's some photo that came out, and I think it was uh, like the mountain, uh, the actor. Oh, yeah. Uh, like, he had a bodyguard for something, and the bodyguard was half his size. Yeah, yeah well, of course. It'd be like Dave Batista having a bodyguard, yeah. or like Dwayne Johnson having a bodyguard. No, I, like, he does. He do- well, obviously, he has to. He has multiple bodyguards at this point. Yeah. It's like, what are you supposed to do with that? Mm-hmm. Like, really? Because well, really? there was a... Uh, did you, I, I think I talked about this before on the podcast. Uh, the documentary about Andre the Giant, and how, like, 
um, he never got to turn his character off because he could never like even hiding behind a row of bodyguards. No one was as tall as him. So yeah. walking around the airport, like people always knew where he was. Oh, yeah. And so he, like, he always had to be in character. Poor Andre. Until he was drinking. Well, then, yeah. Yeah. But you know, you got, you got to, you got to cool off somehow. Yeah. And he was in a lot of pain all the time. Oh, so he needed oh, to drink. Poor Andre. I know. Uh, how about this? How about a happier note? Do you know who voiced Aqua Girl in this? Uh, no, but I liked her voice. There's a reason why you liked her voice. Is Tara Strong? No. Oh. It's Jody Benson. Oh, I know who that is. I know who that is. I know who that is. I'm hold not on. going to help you. Hold on. Hold on. I know who this is. <sighs> Give me a hint. I mean, Cameron, you should know this. It's definitely part of your world. Right. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Say it out loud. Who it's, is she? It's Ariel. There we go. <laughs> it's Belle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, voice of uh, voice of Ariel. I thought that was a clever. I mean, that was definitely done deliberately. Yeah, which is super. Fun. God damn it! Super fun to have. Her I in love there. that so much now. Um, which also makes it feel like if they had done a spinoff show, they could have done an episode where Aqua Girl sings the entire time. Oh, for sure. And it would have been fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, I mean, God it's damn it. I'm it's so a cool. Upset with myself for not you doing really that. should be. It's a cool lineup. It's a cool idea. Um, yeah. So Micron gets in an accident, and gets put into a lab, and then uh, someone sabotages the the basically the, the water tank at the Justice League, the Metro Tower, their version of the Watchtower in Metropolis. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess it's like, is it boil? It's super hot, right? It's like boiling Aqua Girl. I think that's what they were going for. That's what. Yeah, that's what Batman realizes. That's what Terry realizes. But when she gets out, she doesn't really say anything about it. Like, she's not like... She's not like, oh my God, I'm so warm. Yeah, she just says like... Throw me in the cold tank. Yeah, she just says like, oh, yeah, they locked the door so I couldn't get out. Yeah, that, that part was a little bit weird. Mm-hmm. But so they go after her and then, uh, you know, at this point, the rest of the team is still like super skeptical about Batman. But then all these bombs start going off across the city. Which is a pretty quick escalation. It, it, it really is. Um... Also, feels like the sort of thing that the Justice League would know how to handle well, considering how many times in the DCAU there's been a situation like this. Bombs all over the city. Mm-hmm. Um, but then a big missile is coming in, and Warhawk's the only one that gets notification on yeah, the, the distress signal. The distress signal. So he goes to divert the missile away, but then it explodes. And he, he has... A, I thought this was really cool. Like, his uh, presumably nth metal armor... Like expands over the rest of his body, kind of like the shields in the Batmobile in the Tim Burton movies. Mm-hmm. So he completely encases him in it, and then the bomb blows up, and the helmet smashes into the Batwing. That is a great that shot. Scared me. That's a really, really incredible shot. Yeah, like when the missile goes off, Terry is chasing him down because he's the only one who was knew about it was following him. And yeah, when the bomb goes off, like the Warhawk helmet smashes straight into the windshield of the Batmobile. Yeah, like. That uh, that I would say is probably one of the best visuals, most impactful visuals we've had in the entire show. Because that's that's just death. Yeah, th- that's exactly it. Like, and that that's also the the cliffhanger. Yeah, well, the, ep- the episode cliffhanger. Not quite. There's a little bit more. Okay, okay. Um, but it's, it's just a super. It's a cool shot. Really impactful. Like devastating. It's like it's a really great way to, as you said, visualize death. Yeah. So at this point, we know that something's really up, and then Terry's in the Batcave with Bruce, and they do this like super fancy. Oh right, yeah, camera right, angle this, stuff yeah. with the Batmobile and like. Pivot, enhance, enhance. Mm-hmm. And we see Superman on a, a building standing off in the distance using his laser vision to detonate the bomb. We're like, oh, fuck, it's Superman. Yeah. That's the, uh, the bom, traitor. Bom, bom. Uh-huh. Fate of black. Uh, but then... 15-minute intermission. Don't worry. Bruce has got it covered. 
secret vault hidden behind the bat suits. I was a little upset about this. Not not the fact that it was kryptonite. Mm-hmm. I really wanted the like the berserker armor. I really wanted the the um, Dark Knight Returns suit. Oh, oh, the, like the the one that can go up against Superman, yeah, toe to toe. That I mean that would have been pretty cool. Um, I was surprised that it wasn't the kryptonite ring. It was just a sliver of kryptonite. Because mm-hmm. in the comics, that's what it's always been. Yeah. So I I remember reading about this very briefly, where you know um, Bruce got kryptonite from Lex mm-hmm. in Justice League, and then Amazo destroyed it. Right. Yeah, but I think uh, there was still some more afterwards. I don't think we see it after that because I think from what I read that the 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 sliver that he has was from the explosion. Oh, okay. That, that Amazo did. What I feel like there was some. And then obviously the the hunk of kryptonite that's still inside. Um, Metallo. Yeah. But what? Where do we and leave with Metallo? I don't remember. I don't know. I'd he look was, it up. He was on a volcano at one point. Yeah. Oh God. I, I'm trying to think. So I try not to think about Superman animated right now. It's for the best. Um. I'm trying. There was some version of Superman where there was a plot point about they had gotten all the kryptonite off the planet. Or maybe I'm just thinking of the Supergirl comic, where it open. It takes place right after the the Public Enemies story we were talking about last week, with the kryptonite meteorite heading towards Earth. And after they destroy it, obviously the whole planet is covered in chunks of kryptonite, and they're on a mission to go and retrieve all of it. And that's mm-hmm. when they find Supergirl's ship. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. It doesn't matter, does it? It's part two. Yeah, but I mean, I think that's a great cliffhanger. Yes. Like, oh, it's re- so good. A really effective cliffhanger, and I think I'm glad. Could that's... you imagine have to waiting have? Could you imagine waiting a week think, after that reveal? Because some of these episodes had weird release orders, but in this case, it was in fact yeah, there was an actual week in between. That would have that would have been insane as a it's, child. It's a big reveal. Because a week is a long time as a kid, and especially it's like oh my god, it's Superman. And uh, for me, the the sequence in Metropolis, the bombs going off, felt like it was definitely padding. Oh, it, it took a while. Yeah, you felt, but I'm glad that they forced that padding to be in there so we could have that cliffhanger when we got to pick up with it immediately. Um, but yeah, so then we jump into part two, and they pretty quickly <laughs> immediately Warhawk's back. Yeah, he's he's like, oh, I just I got out of the suit. Sure. When? Yeah. We never saw like there was no. How many suits do you have? Because you're in armor again. Yeah. Well, and like so. Okay. I mean, this is an obvious plot hole. But let's nitpick it because we can. Yes. So, because we see him already pushing the missile up into space when he he goes full shields. Mm-hmm. And then we do that thing where, like, we jump way back away from the frame, obviously, when the missile goes off. So let's say that's when he does it. That's when he, he somehow gets out of this thing that is presumably sealed shut. Yeah. Um, how does he fly? His wings are part how of How does he suit. fly, Chris? Let's talk about this. How <laughs> does he fly? <laughs> Hang on. We actually know how he flies. That's true. Because he has, he has a jetpack. He has, <laughs> okay, he has metallic right. wings and a jetpack. We actually know how Warhawk flies. Yes. Okay. How does Superman fly at a perfect right angle to the path of motion? <laughs> he is not affected by gravity. He is so strong, he is not affected by gravity anymore. Should we should we get to that when we get to it? Or should we just talk about it now? Oh, at the end? Or he's like, can you fly? And he just hovers? <laughs> no, when he when Superman is Revealed to have been possessed by Starro and chasing down Batman the Batmobile. And Batman's like, how fast can this thing go? You know, Bruce Mach, three, Mach 3. Yeah. So that, that means that Superman is traveling faster than the speed of sound. What well, we never don't hear a sonic boom, which is dumb. We totally should. Mm-hmm. But let's say he's traveling faster than the speed of sound while standing perfectly straight. No limbs moving, nothing. Yeah. So if you're talking about like the, the fact that he just like 
point straight forward doesn't make sense. At least he's aerodynamic. Yeah. This is him in literally the least aerodynamic posture he could be, mm-hmm. flying super fast. It's here. Here's my idea. Do you remember? And do you remember uh, Tenacious D? Pick a destiny. I've never seen it, but I know really? of it. Really? Okay. There's a scene, a great scene, where as they're preparing to be rock stars, they have a workout regimen of one dick up a day. Wait, so like they lay on their stomach and they like get aroused and push themselves up with their dick? Yes, they have to do one dick up a day. My God. Yeah. Um, Cameron, I have to ask you a question. <laughs> sure. Did you try that? After I did not try it. I did not try it. <laughs> did you try it after seeing that movie? I did not. Because um, I am totally going to try that later <laughs> today. Um, so what I'm imagining is Superman just, we couldn't see it, but just did the slightest of hip thrusts and thrust <laughs> forward so hard that it propelled him at Mach 3. Do you know what he's doing? Hmm. Super Kegels. Yes. Exactly what he's doing. <laughs> he's just generating a wave of energy. Yes. <laughs> then, and yes, for those of you who don't know, men can do kegels. Yes. Yeah. He's, he's speeding at Mach 3 with the tiniest, tiniest of hip thrusts over and over again. It's basically like how Thor does it with his hammer, yeah. but just with his waist. <laughs> just with his hips. He pulls himself off the ground with his hips. <laughs> his, his hips of steel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, but All right, yeah. so I'll let that one pass. We understand how Superman flies. Okay, one. we finally get it now. Uh, but yeah, so Bruce gives Terry the, the shard of kryptonite. He goes to Metro Tower and it's like, hey guys, it's Superman. We got to go stop him. So they all travel up to the Fortress of Saltu because obviously Bruce knows where it is. And That's the, right, yeah, because of yeah, that episode um, for the man who has everything. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot about that connection. Yeah. There's actually a lot of really clever connections in here because they, they boom tube up to the fortress and they, they start off in his um, space zoo. Mm-hmm. And Which we know from Superman the Animated Series with Lobo. Yes, um, the main man. Yes. Yeah, the, the preserver. Um, and we even... So, and Not the collector, as I put in my phone many I times. I also put the collector and then they said the preserver. I'm like, oh, right, it's the preserver. It's right, right, yeah. Um, but yeah, we, we learned that... Uh, Starro, who has the ability, who is a character from the comics, he was the first villain the original Justice League fought in like 1967 or whatever that comic came out. He's on the cover, mm-hmm. um, and he has the ability to control people's minds. He was the last of his species on his planet, and the Preserver captured him. And we did see him. He had a brief cameo appearance in the Main Man. Yeah, I remember talking about that. Oh, that's I right, remember, we did. But we we're both so excited. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, because you didn't know that this was gonna come back around. Yeah, I didn't. Oh, it's like so. What, I mean, what? What was going through your head when they revealed that Superman was a traitor? Because like that would have been an actual genuine surprise reveal for you. Um, I my first thought was Brainiac. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, I can believe that. Um, and then Starro didn't really. I never actually thought Starro for a while okay. until we saw him. Until you saw like like the squishiness. Mm-hmm. It's, it's so gross. No, yeah, even even like after Aqua Girl like touched his chest and it moved, like it still didn't even dawn on me about Starro, mm-hmm. which is weird because I feel like he's. Outside of Lex and Brainiac, he's probably the third most prominent Superman villain, or just kind of Justice League villain. Yeah, I mean, he... he he's in everything. He does feature prominently in Young Justice. Mm-hmm. So... And isn't he in For the Man Who Has Everything? No, that, that's a parasite. That, yeah, it's, it's like, a, like a plant or something. Like yeah. Capture. But it, it's a similar concept. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they very well may have, like, taken some inspiration for the episode from this, which makes sense. Yeah. But so we learn it's Starro, and he was taken from his planet because he's last. A lot more time. passive version of Starro, though. Well, yeah, because I, th- I think 
Wait, this was a passive version of Star. It was. It was. Um, they were more uh, compassionate towards him at the end, where they're oh, like, "Hey, okay. instead of killing him, killing all of them, let's send him back to their home world." Okay, that's fair. Where normally it's like, "Let's kill him." These guys are fucking crazy. Let's kill him till he's dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because uh, the Star motivations are pretty unclear, though. It's like he's he's taking he was on the preserver's ship, obviously saw Superman fight the, um, the preserver, like a big old monstrous was taking the fortress of solitude, was aware of Superman's powers. And I guess decided to wait like 30 years for he did anything about it, but eventually jumps on Superman's face, takes him over. And then somehow breeds a whole bunch of more stars. Yeah, let's now, not think about that one. Well, hang on, but maybe, uh, he produces asexually, reproduces asexually. So isn't that how starfish do it? Don't they? I think so. Don't they break apart and reform? I think because yeah, I know they can regrow limbs. Yeah, but I don't remember how they reproduce. I feel like they reproduce asexually. I mean, I've never seen a starfish fuck. Yeah, I haven't seen. I haven't seen a lot of animals fuck though. <laughs> Speak for yourself. That's true. I don't. I don't. <laughs> I don't watch a lot of Animal Planet. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So they now he's got a whole cave full of them. And he's going to unleash them out into the world. But, like, this is where the, Bruce Timm has even acknowledged a lot of plot holes in this episode. Because, to your point, if Starro had been on Superman for such a long time, how does he know who Batman is when he sees Batman? Yeah, because he has no memories of, of since Starro's no been on there. Starro, like, why did Starro wait so long? Like, his ultimate goal was, like, to take over the whole planet. But I didn't really see why. He like, just wanted a friend. I get, like, yeah, it's, like, it's weird because... He has this very, like, kind of passive existence until he decides to be super malicious, but it's not really coming from a real concrete place. Also, if Starro... Why would Starro bring in Batman? Yeah. Like, if they maybe said that, oh, Superman was fighting... Like, some part of Superman was conscious this whole time and was, like, fighting against it, then I could believe that 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 part of Superman would emerge just enough to go and recruit Batman in the hopes that... Maybe he just went seeking Bruce, even, and was like, oh, well. Maybe, maybe because Starro knew, after watching the Justice League for so long, he knew they were the only ones that could stop his plan. Oh, so maybe it was to bring in Batman just to defeat him? Not to defeat Starro. Yeah, yeah, to to defeat Batman, but also to put the blame off of him. Oh, like to so doubts? Yeah, yeah, so... Um, yeah, to kind of piece, you know, take out each member piece by piece okay. without having any suspicion on him. Okay, that would kind of make sense. Mm-hmm. Okay. But the other side of that is both um, the takeout of the first hero, what's his name again? Micron. Mi- Micron. Micron and Aqua Girl are so based in science. You know, he he hacks the train, he hacks the tank. Yeah. And then the bomb, he just blows up with heat vision. Yeah, it's it's pretty basic. Yeah. For for a monster that's waited thirty something years. I mean even longer than that. We don't know how long he was he was owned by the preserver. That's true. Um the person who's who's waited this long for his moment, I feel like using heat vision to blow up a bomb was not his his forte. Yeah, I think I think some of the mechanisms here don't really work. I think it's a great idea for an episode. I think kind of a cool way for us to meet the Justice League, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it doesn't really hold up to even the most cursory scrutiny. Mm-hmm. I have another 
kind of tangential question about Superman. Sure. Super, uh, future Superman specifically in America and the state of America mm-hmm. uh, where a lot of people could deal them or, you know, are concerned about safety and privacy and such. Um, we know Superman, we've known Superman for years, yeah, probably 40 to, you know, 30 to 40 years at this yeah. point. Uh, how is every building not lined with lead at this point? Well, a couple things okay. I think worth noting on that. One, Superman is in this universe pretty much trusted across the board. Yes. Like everyone loves and trusts him. And I think everyone kind of is like, oh, well, Superman is here to help us and protect us. And yeah, I mean, in the same way that you have the faith that this man who's the most powerful being in the entire planet won't kill everybody, what? I think you probably also assume that he won't go <laughs> peeping in your, your shower. Um, I mean, that being said, he did once try and kill everybody. And he also did peep into the girl's shower in Smallville. Oh, I remember that episode. That's the episode where he discovers heat fission. Uh, is that the same one? I thought, when he gets, oh, no, no, no sorry. That's when he gets the red kryptonite. That's, that's... Wait, the heat vision was red kryptonite? I don't... No, no, no. There's two separate episodes. The heat, the red kryptonite episode is Lana either gives him a ring... No, yeah, it's his class ring. His class ring is has red, kryptonite. red kryptonite in it, and that's when he turns into bad boy Clark. But I think those are three different episodes. Oh, like, oh, he makes a comment about how he's, like, peeking... He takes peeks with his powers. Yeah. Because there's the episode where he discovers he has x-ray vision, which, like, he, he's climbing a oh, rope in gym yeah, class. Oh, yeah, yeah, there's that one. And he yeah. falls, and, like, he can, like, see further and further into the shower, and he can see Lon in the shower. And then there's the episode where he discovers he vision, which has to do with, like, sexual arousal. Yeah, yeah. Because he has the attractive substitute teacher. That's right, yeah. And he has a, there's a great montage done to uh, Junkie XL's A Little Less Conversation remix. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, like, he's, like, trying to get control of his powers, and his dad's sitting next to him. He's like, um, Dad, can you, like, go away when I figure yeah. this out? I thought that was pretty fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and then the third one with the red ring. Yeah, yeah, bad boy. Bad boy Superman. Because uh, what's the... Uh, he's with Chloe. Oh, Chloe went to prison this week. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, Allison Mack <laughs> went to prison for running a sex cult. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and also Sam Jones went to prison for selling drugs? I forget. Yeah. The, the, some members of the Smallville cast have not had the best post-Smallville careers. That's true. But it's fine. Tom Welling, Michael Rosenbaum, both of them still... Still doing great. Delightful human Especially beings. Especially Rosenbaum. Oh, love him. Love him so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because in the Red Kryptonite ring, he makes the joke about how... Uh, he's like, uh, Chloe, I like your your heart. What is it? Your... Uh, oh, like, you, did you know you have, like, you have like a... Uh, did you know Chloe has a birthmark shape like a heart? Yeah, on her cheek. Yeah. I, was like, like, I haven't seen that. He's like, no, different no, cheek. No, that cheek. Because yeah. right, he says it to, uh, to Pete. Yeah. And Pete's all mad because Pete's been in love with Chloe for years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my god, we remember so much of that show. <laughs> Way more than we should. <laughs> we should do. Uh, I was about to say we should do a Smallville podcast, but no, we no, should. I don't no, want to rewatch that. No, we should not. I, I think I told you this. I bought the first year after going to Comic Con for so long. The first year I didn't get tickets. I was in such a pit of despair that I bought the box set of Smallville and watched it all. I, I as much as I could. I made it like four and a half seasons in of just straight binge. Like, no breaks. I, I feel like if you were to watch, like, selected episodes from maybe the first four or five seasons, skip it, and then jump back in around, like, eight, seven, yeah. seven, eight, it's not that bad. Yeah. Because that's what I did when I first watched. The, yeah. I found a website that was, the like, the canon episodes. Yeah, because there's a, there's a lot. I mean, anything that's 22-plus episodes at this point, there's a lot of stuff to be skipped. Mm-hmm. This season is only 13. There's already episodes I know we can skip. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, so sorry, what were we talking about? Uh, bad oh, boy, they, bad they, boy they, Superman. Bad boy Superman. They're gonna yeah, they're gonna send all. They stop the Starros from getting out onto the planet. Yes. Um, and then they uh, yeah, they said they're gonna send them all back to the Starro homeworld because Aquagirl has some version of like telepathy. Um, enough for her to figure out where to boom tube them. I mean, all. It, it is a starfish. It is still a fish. That's true. She can talk to it. Mm-hmm. Wait, was that the implication there that because it was a fish is why she could talk to it, or that I think she has general telepathy? I think abilities. she also has that. Yeah, but I think it's extra because it's, it's a, fish. a starfish. I didn't even think about that. That's fantastic. <clears throat> yeah, but yeah, they send them all home, and then they offer Batman a chance to stay on the team, and he's like, "No, I'm good. No, I'm good. I'm gonna, I'm gonna head <clears throat> home." Also, how does he get home? Because he walks away from the Justice League. He's in the middle of like the Arctic, and the Batmobile is thrashed. Uh, For the second time, mind you, also in this yeah. episode. I mean, he probably also sent like the, um, what's the the bat sub? What's, not the sub. Oh, but... yeah, he has, he has a bat sub. Yeah. I mean, that's probably also there. He's got himself a backup. Yeah. Um, but did you also happen to catch the significance of the final line of the episode? I did, about the, the episode we're not supposed to talk about. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. But th- this, is, this is noted as uh, some potential foreshadowing to a major reveal later on. I, I kind of feel like that was retconned, but maybe, maybe not. Maybe mm-hmm. this was, in fact, that was the intent. Uh, the line, of course, being when Batman decides to not join. When Terry, yeah, when Terry. When Terry decides to not join... Um, he's like, maybe I have more in common with the old man than I thought. And Superman's like, more than you think, son. Yeah. More than you think. Are they saying that Terry is Superman's son? Yes, he is, in fact. <laughs> Everyone's trusted Superman this entire time, totally failing to realize that every single child on that planet is actually his. Mm-hmm. There's a, um, <laughs> I started watching a D&D show, because, you know, what else am I doing with the time anymore? Yeah. Um, but there's a character, one of the, one of the campaign characters uh his he's a giant who is orphaned by his parents mm-hmm. um and lives with tieflings and so whenever he rolls a one he has very low insight yeah so he rolls a one a one on an insight check um he always thinks the person he's talking to could potentially be his dad <laughs> <laughs> and it's one of my favorite just like dumb running jokes in, in a D show he's like no that's not even like i'm not even a giant yeah, but you're about the age that my dad should be. And you never know. He's like, have you ever had sex with a giant? <laughs> Can you recall a time when you have had sex with a giant? What's the show? Uh, it's called uh, Dimension... No, not Dimension 20. Um, oh, God, what is it called? Is it called Dimension 20? I think so. Okay, well, that makes sense. D20. Yeah. Yeah, you nerd. Uh, it's a, it's a it's a high it's about a high school like a fantasy high school fantasy high that's what it's called. Okay. Sorry, yeah. So they're all uh, like high school stereotypes in like Middle Earth. That actually sounds really fun. It's really funny. It's all the college humor writers. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Oh. <clears throat> but you know me, I do love any animated show that's something high. Yeah, uh, and the the DM is a guy named Brennan Mulligan mm-hmm. who is unbelievable. Like, I, I don't know a lot. I mean, I played one campaign of D&D, and I've, I've listened to it one podcast. Yeah. But he's just so good at keeping the story going while mm-hmm. also making it so funny. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not going to watch it. I know. I have I no know. interest in D&D, but I'm glad that it exists, and it sounds like it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, any more thoughts on the call here, or should we get into some notes from friends? Uh, there was one line at the beginning we kind of skipped over, which mm-hmm. I really enjoyed, when uh, Superman first comes back into the Batcave. Um, and 
uh, Bruce says something like, you've aged well. Oh, yeah. Uh, and what, was, what did he say? He says, you'll, you'll outlive all of us. You're too stubborn to die. I'm like, yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. So fucking true. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, we covered pretty much everything else. Sweet. All right. So. Notes from friends. We got some notes from friends here. Uh, so one of them is something that came in actually a few weeks ago. And I may have mentioned it, but I, I can't remember if I did or not. Uh, but on Facebook, uh, David Paul Barclow III, fantastic name. Yes. I feel like I did mention this. I remember commenting on how awesome the name is. But uh, we were talking about the Hanna-Barbera shared universe a little bit. Um, and I was curious if you knew about this. So apparently there is an episode of Mystery Inc. With, the most recent series of Scooby-Doo, yeah, right? Okay. With uh, the Blue Falcon, and it's a parody <gasps> of the character models of the Dark Knight, like the Dark Knight Return specifically. So here you can kind of like see it on my laptop as I, I hold it up. But so they, he oh, has that's a, awesome. So he juxtaposed it to there's a picture of the animated movie version of the Dark Knight Returns Batman and then the Blue Falcon who looks a lot like him. Yeah. Uh, but I thought that was really cool. I was curious if you had seen that or heard about it. I'm not. It. No, I, I don't know a lot about the more recent. After What's New Scooby-Doo, I kind of I kind of strayed away from from the, the Doo-verse. Okay. I mean, Scooby-Doo will never be better than its original iteration and also a pup named Scooby-Doo. I mean, a pup named Scooby-Doo is is the pinnacle. Yeah, I mean, we, we have talked about this at length before, mm-hmm. how much we both love a pup named Scooby-Doo. Well, and also, new Scooby-Doo movies, I think, is oh yeah probably what most people remember. Mama Cass, mm-hmm. Don Knotts, Batman and Robin. Four times. Yeah. Only um, to be beaten. Do you, do you remember Go Trotters? Yeah. Yeah. They had five episodes. Have you ever gone to an actual... I've not. I, d- I did as a kid. Did you, um, what did you think? I remember, I thought it was fun. I mean, I was really young. I only vaguely recall going. Mm-hmm. They still, like, they still perform. Yeah, which is, is amazing. Which is awesome. I love that they exist. I think yeah. it's, it's, like, such a fantastic thing. Um, but, yeah, so it's just, that was cool, David. Yes. That's, thanks thank for saying that. that. We'll have yeah. to go check that out. Do you um, remember, I don't know if you ever saw this episode, but Blue Falcon was in an episode of Dexter's Lab, if I remember correctly. Was he? I, mean, I gotta go look up the original look of Blue Falcon, too. I kind of remember him vaguely. Because I remember... Um, Deck, I, I'm pretty sure it was Dexter's Lab because I think Dexter was playing with. Um, oh right, because oh, Blue Fountain with, teams with, up with Dino uh, Mutt. Yeah, yeah, he, oh. he was like toying with Dino Mutt. No, what show was that? I, I don't know. That I can't remember right now. I'm pretty sure it was yeah. Dexter's Lab. Was though. it Dexter's Lab? I mean, I guess that was Dexter's. Is that Hanna Barbera? Like, is that modern time, modern day mm, Hanna Barbera? I feel like it's something no. else. No. Hmm. Okay. Well, anyways. Uh, while you're looking that up, yes, um, we also had a note from one of our favorites, Ashley Clark, who sent us a message on Instagram and she linked to uh, a post from another great, uh, Batman related Instagram channel, Saturday morning Batman. Uh, but there's an artist a few years ago. Uh, let me look up the name of the artist here. Um, George Kasudas, who went and created original, uh, poster art for every episode of Batman animated that. series. And these are gorgeous. Like, really, really gorgeous. Like, um, I'm looking at the one here for the man who killed Batman, and it's the the guy trapped inside the ribcage of a skeleton of Batman, like, wearing the cowl. Um, they're really, really cool. Um, you must know how to re-gram things. I don't. <laughs> uh, but we'll have to, like, post that up there, because they're, they're really, really cool. They're think, gorgeous, I've seen them popped yeah. up in a few places. They almost look kind of, like, Mondo-esque. Mm-hmm. Um, they're really fantastic. So thanks for sharing that, Ashley. Yeah, thank uh, you. And then another thing, too, we had a message from Amanda on Instagram, and she was asking uh, about uh, Flashpoint, because you had mentioned that you thought um, you liked 
Justice League versus the Fatal Five as much as like Flashpoint and Red Hood. And so her question was, which do you prefer, Flashpoint or the Red Hood? Oh, Red Hood. Okay, yeah, that's what I, that's what I said. I said for me at least, it's Red Hood, and I, I said I'm, I think I'm speaking for both of us here. Yeah, I think I think my comment was it's the best one we had since since, since Flashpoint. Yeah. Um, because I think I mean Red Hood's, the, I think the best one. I think I I feel like it is. Mm-hmm. I mean it's it's so good that I kind of headcanon it as being maybe not necessarily Beachos, but I headcanon it as part of uh, Young Justice. It's just okay. I can see if that. only just because it's the same Bruce Wayne voice. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because it's probably that's that's definitely my favorite one. Um, I have a I have a soft spot for Crisis of Two Earths. I do too. Yeah, I need to rewatch that. I haven't seen it in quite mm-hmm. some time. I, I go back to that one, but that one's great. I I honestly still really like Superman Doomsday. I watched it again not too yeah. long ago. I think Doomsday and All Star Superman are both amazing. Yeah, I need to I need to go rewatch All Star Superman. Mm-hmm. Um, I really really enjoy it. Yeah, I mean, there's I mean, look, there's there's lesser, there's greater. Um, but I mean, I'd say that. I, I should go back and watch Flashpoint too. Maybe on a second viewing, I might like also, it. Also, uh, both wanted parts one and two of Dark Knight Returns. Yes. Yeah. Really, really good adaptation of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and Doom. Doom. Doom's probably number two, actually. Oh, Doom. Doom is so good. That Doom. Doom's one you can almost kind of headcanon as DCAU because it's a lot of the DCAU voice cast. Yeah. Um, that's, that's, yeah, that's my number two. That, oh, my God. That, yeah, that one's so good. Especially that moment when they're like, like Batman, how could you do this? Uh, because you're gods, and I would do it again. Yeah. Uh, gets it so well. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, who's going to stop you if you ever turn evil? Um, You guys. You guys. I'm fucking human. Yeah. You are all gods. Uh, but yeah, so thank you, everyone. Yeah, thank Always you appreciate getting some notes. Uh, but Cameron, what are your bat plugs this week? Um, I, I'll talk about my negative plug. Okay. Because I've is been this, rewatching- Is this a warning? A little bit. I've been okay. watching Game of Thrones. That took up most of my week, and then okay. it was also just a crazy work week for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I went to see Hellboy. Ooh, yeah. And it's it's bad. I won't I won't sugarcoat it. It's bad. Okay. Um, I don't expect it to make a lot of money. Okay. Because it is between Shazam and um, Endgame. Endgame. But it is. It's a good. Um. If you've ever like been on the cusp of reading a Hellboy comic and you're like, I'll get to it. Yeah. I think this is what's going to push you over the edge. Okay. Cause the, it's so weird. Mm-hmm. And the movie, the best thing about the movie, which I texted you is there's no time to breathe. And that's because I think the editor knew how dumb everything was. Okay. And didn't want to give you a chance to realize it. So because you just kept the pace going. Yeah. Cause once you like think about how dumb something is, you're instantly thrown into another situation like, oh, that's also dumb. And it's not until the credits roll where you're like, oh, yeah, that was a bad movie. <laughs> is it worth seeing Hellboy? I, I say it's it's a good rent movie. Okay. It's a, it's a great, or, or, I wouldn't or, say airplane Or if you have movie. AMC list and you can go see it for yeah, free. Yeah, I, yeah, I used, I used uh, my, my pass to go to What's to yours see called? It. What's the uh, one you use? I think it's just called Cinema. Okay. With an S. Hmm. Um... Cause I, I used to call it Tenespia, yeah. But I'm wrong. That's the. That's a. Um, it's a chain. Or no, it's that's, an organization. The, that's the summer movie. Yeah, the the summer movie, um, thing in L. A. Yeah. That, that puts on the um, outdoor movie nights. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Hellboy, it's. I don't want to talk too much about it because honestly, not worth the time. Yeah. Um, it's, it's bad. It made me really miss Del Toro's character creation. 
Well, like the monsters in this are good. They're they're very um what's his name? Uh Cthulhu based. Oh, HP Lovecraft. Yeah, they're very Lovecraftian. Mm-hmm. It's a great word. Mm-hmm. Um but you, you do really miss like uh, Del Toro's just just like detail and and kind of well, delicate style the, the delicate way he handles monsters because del toro is an exceptional creative and filmmaker at the yes. end of the day like his movies are good because they really are grounded in character and i think because he is so concerned about the humanity in these well yeah just think of hellboy one yeah all of the villains are human and all of the heroes are monsters yeah is the the sand nazi i guess he was once human right yeah i mean yeah they portray him as human yeah that's a good point actually yeah he he has a a softness for monsters and i think um that focus like really makes the characters feel like fleshed out and interesting and i I could see this just being like sort of a pale imitation of it Mm -hmm. it very much is is it fun (laughs) that's a tough question like the trailer like that that first trailer like it's all done to like um is the song Monet? What it's like Money Money Um I don't remember. It doesn't matter. Like the first trailer made it look really fun. Mm-hmm. Is it fun? It has moments. It has pockets of fun. Okay. The the weird part is um it's very much based, which I think is the reason why I'm I'm not harshing on it as hard as I could. Uh it's all connected to the Arthurian legend. And you know I love my King Arthur stories. Christ. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to cut you off before you start explaining how it's Arthurian. No, no, and, I don't and, want and to. And we're because, here because for that, another hour. No, no, because <laughs> that, that's part of the, the plot. I don't want to go into it too much. Okay. Well, so it sounds like if you can see it for free, see it. Yes. Otherwise, maybe. Yeah, give don't it, give this movie Give money. it a hard, hard pass. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have anything else, though? Any, anything you did watch or read that you were super excited uh, about? Have I plugged the, the book I've been listening to? I think you plugged it last week because you, you didn't have anything to plug. Oh, okay. I'm still listening to that. I've, I'm almost done with What's it. What's the name of it again? Um, one of us is lying. That's right. Cause I need, I want to go pick up a copy. Cause mm-hmm. it sounds really cool. Yeah. Still loving it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that, that's pretty much all the new stuff I've been watching. Okay. Well, I, I started Sabrina, but I haven't watched enough of it to, to okay, talk, to talk about, about it. Um, should we talk about Dumbo? Cause we've both seen it now. At this yeah. Point. Oh, you watched Dumbo? I did. Yeah. Well, cause I went immediately after. Oh, right. You went Sunday. Yeah. Like I think the mm-hmm. last episode. We yeah, that's right. Um, I hated it. It's bad. It's real bad. It's real bad. <laughs> um, it's. It, it's just it's so boring yeah um nothing happens much like the original dumbo nothing which, happens admittedly i have not seen really i have not seen the original i mean you dumbo, know you know the scene i, scenes, I know though. i know of it yeah and i went mm-hmm. and saw it with again uh my friend friend of the show your friend too jason yes um and he was describing to me like the baby on board scene and in the the cartoon how it's just like the most heartbreaking thing mm-hmm. i thought it was so funny because when he was talking about, it, he made a comment like about thinking about that scene makes him want to cry. Another friend of ours said the exact same thing. Yeah, um, and it's apparently it's just the, the original version is heartbreaking and just it's very muted all the way through. It's just super boring. Like it feels way too long. Um, and yeah, not even Danny DeVito could say that movie. No, or Michael, Michael Keaton, Keaton, who's amazing, but also in a very different film. Yes. Um, and look, I love Ava Green. Who I kind of wanted him to be. Um, uh, Barnum, H.G. Barnum. Oh, P.T. Barnum? P.T. Barnum, yeah, thank you. Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, really wanted him to come out and just we, be uh, uh, Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman. Yeah, it, 
look, and I love all the people that are in it. And I, I like Tim Burton. I feel like he hasn't made a good movie in a long time. I feel like his last really good movie was Frankenweenie, which I loved. That was love 2011. So it's been nine. a while. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think he's got a great style, but I think he's just lost lost his edge a little bit. I think he's lost that thing that made his stuff. You know, I mean, he was also like someone who really sympathizes with monsters mm-hmm. um, and sees their humanity and their beauty. And I think when he's not playing in that sort of like semi-grotesque space, it doesn't work. And I listened to an interview with him and he said what drew him to Dumbo was that it felt reminiscent of his story at Disney. Like kind of like Dumbo, he just like shows up. He doesn't stand, he doesn't fit in with all the animators. Ultimately he ends up leaving. Like, you know, this bad relationship with Disney and then eventually he comes back to them. But you just kind of feel like he didn't really do anything interesting with the movie. Yeah. Um, also, do you want to... Because the scene I was most excited for, they didn't do. Oh, the... The pink dro- elephant. The pink elephant. Yeah, yeah they, they make, on the parade. They do like a weird... They have the overture. bubble and they do the overture, but like it doesn't make sense in context because apparently in the cartoon he gets drunk and hallucinates yeah. and in this he's just like watching it. Because that's the whole... Re- like that's the, that's the reason I thought they got Burton was to make that scene. Make that sequence. And it doesn't do anything. Now, I will say this. Dumbo as a creation is really good. Like, I thought they did a really good job animating him and um, making him look really like, cute and engaging and mm-hmm. fun. Um, and it's a great cast, but just nothing nothing happens with it. Yeah. Uh, also, do you want to read out the message you sent to me explaining all the different tropes? Oh, I would love to. Let me find that. <laughs> oh, I actually have it up on my phone, but I don't know if you can actually reach me. Because uh, we're so far not. from each other <laughs> on separate couches here. Uh, um, hold on. But yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't really know that. who that movie's for. Like, if you have kids, definitely don't take them because they'll be super bored. If you're a Disney fan, I don't think there's really anything in there to make you excited about it. I mean, look, I've pretty much enjoyed all of the Disney live action stuff, although I've never seen Maleficent. Um, okay. But I, I think this is a pretty That's much good. a hard a hard pass. Mm-hmm. Oh, I found I found the list. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so it was. Um. <clears throat> so I you asked, uh, is it not great? I said it's depressing for sure. Uh, and I said, it, it's weird because it makes you feel sad. It, it wants you to feel sad for everything, but it overloads you with the tropes that you don't really care. So there's, uh, <laughs> you know, you want a war veteran? Check. Family on hard times? Check. Dead parent? Check. Over-the-top bullying? Check. Down on his luck business owner who wants to save his employees? Check. PTSD? Check. Child abandonment? Check. Um, and I said, and no joke, that's the first 10 minutes of the movie. It is. Uh, parents not approving of children's passion? Check. Child not living up to parents' expectations. Check. Crying animals. Check. Animal abuse. Check. Crying children. Check. More bullies. Check. <laughs> uh, yeah. And again, that's the first 10 minutes. <laughs> but you also have to explain your favorite trope, the last one you explained to me. Mm-hmm. Oh, and there's another trope with the episode. I'll talk about that later. Yeah. Um, it's, a, it's such a dumb trope, and I think I might have brought this up already, but it's, it's the thing in, in film, and it only happens in film, where, where uh, it's usually a, a woman is in such distress or out of anger or depression that she rips off her necklace like it's made of paper. <laughs> uh, and that's not something that happens ever. And no. I tried it as a child. No, of course you did. Because like, uh, those things are clasped on tight. Yeah, you pref- usually metal clasps. Yeah. So either you don't care about that enough where it could just like whip off your neck if you turn too fast... Uh, or it's super cheap. It's most likely just super cheap. Yeah. I mean, they are a poor down of the luck family with a PTSD father, a missing, a, a dead mother, uh, and a brother who, who never can never live up to his dad's expectations. Yep. It's all there. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'd say hard pass on that. Agreed. 
Um, yes, I don't know if that's technically a bat plug or not, but it's more of like a warning. Two warnings here. Yeah. Uh, and then I think you already plugged this, but I watched yesterday to all the boys I've loved before. It's great. It is really, really it's good. It's really good. Um, I didn't expect it to be that good. It's really good. So, I mean, it's a, it's a, you don't really need to know much about the story going in. Just know that like, it's, it's, it's like a, a modern, uh, Hugh, no, John Hughes. John movie. Hughes. Yeah, it's kind of got that moderate sense. It's uh, like Hugh Laurie Laura, movie. Is it, is it Laura or Lana Condor? Uh, Lana Condor. Lana Condor. She's the main lead. She's fantastic. And of course, uh, Noah Centineo, who I had seen a picture of him on, uh, it was actually Mark Ruffalo's Instagram, and it was like, hashtag throwback Thursday. <laughs> and I was like, oh, Mark Ruffalo was a looker back in the day. And someone's like, no, 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 that's Noah Centineo. I'm like, oh, who is this? I looked him up. And he is like super gorgeous he's super he's charming dreamy. like the movie hangs on i think their chemistry especially but he's really really good which explains why then they gave him um the perfect day a new netflix movie which i'm absolutely well, absolutely on. gonna watch oh for sure but lest we not forget right after that movie came out he was in another like less than a month after that movie came out he was in a separate teen rom-com film which one uh the it was a bad one so no one watched it um was it also on netflix yes it was it was the girl um who got a hot girl's phone and was talking to guys through that phone mm. uh because like oh they only they only talk to me now cuz I they think they're talking to a pretty girl. Yeah. That doesn't sound I, I get what they're going for. Yeah, but I think yeah, it doesn't it, sound it, like it yeah, works. Yeah, Noah's also in that. Um I love that Netflix has become like the modern golden era studio of just like they just have their, like their cast of creatives and they just keep using them again and again yeah but also the same reason why Zack snyder and todd phillips keep getting directing jobs that's also true um but no it's a really really charming movie it, it reminded me of um love simon not from a plot perspective obviously um but just in terms of just the feel and the tone and just kind of like the warmth and charm of it mm-hmm. but I, I also feel like whereas love simon felt like a mid-budget studio comedy, like studio rom-com. This definitely had like the feeling of Netflix. Like, yeah, it felt like it could have used like a bit of more of a robust score or soundtrack or like, I just think it could have used like a bit more sparkle in the movie itself, but it, really the, the cast is what carries it. And they're really good. It's, it, this is definitely a recommendation that that's more just a quibble. Yes. Oh yeah. But it, it felt Netflixy. I guess, if you will. Mm-hmm. It, it felt like it was... It has the feel of, like... It, it's better than these movies, but it has the feel of, like, like a, a Christmas movie. A little bit, yeah. It There are points when you can kind of feel like it was a little bit cheap. Mm-hmm. Um, also, some, like, really weird, like, echoey ADR at points. I don't remember that much. Yeah, it's kind of bizarre. But it's a really, really sweet film. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do recommend seeing it. Yeah. Um, and then also not kind of a plug, but I went and saw Charlie and Chocolate Factory at the Pantages. You did. I and just saw, yeah, I saw yeah, your, I know, your I know you went. What'd you think? Uh, I thought it was cute. Okay. Uh, I was in not a great seat. Okay. I was, I was second row. Jesus Christ. Which was very nice. I was, I went by myself and single tickets are 40 bucks. Yeah. Anywhere. Yeah. So that's awesome. Uh, but the, there were two, I don't think I told you about this. There were two very distinct date gay couples next to me. One was old gay, one was new gay. Aww. Uh, and the old, the old gay couple uh, were very loud about their dislike for the film. Really? Yeah. And they're like... Uh, the, the, the show. Sorry, yeah, the show. Um, and one of the guys is like, I'm only here to see Pure Imagination. And after that, we're leaving. Uh, they didn't. They stayed. Okay. Um, and then the other, the younger gay couple, um, they were definitely like... Uh, 
fresher dating. Okay. Um, so one guy was trying to impress the other guy through most of it. I know they were cute, but they also did not like it. I have to admit, I didn't really care for it. It's it's very childish. It's very childish, and the accents, the, especially uh, the Russian accents, not good. Uh, sorry, not the Russian. Um, the German accents. Those are the I couldn't understand a word he said. Oh Augustus. yeah. It yeah. The, the accents were a little over the top. They, they did some fun stuff, kind of like modernizing it a little bit. But I think the problem is when you're making a musical version of a movie that already had music in it. You have to justify its existence as a musical, like make it big and bright and fun and like try to have the musical numbers be on par or like even if you can surpass the original. Mm -hmm. And I thought that they actually lessened the big songs because they oh, would yeah, take your imagination felt so small. Yeah. Like pure imagination is really small. Even the candy man, they like they break it up the song with like basically exposition. Mm -hmm. um, and so like all of the, the kind of the really well-known songs from the, the Gene Wilder version are in the stage show, but muddled yeah, and like broken up. And you know, you think that they could be made bigger. Somehow they make them smaller. Mm -hmm. um, did you see Aladdin when it came through here? I did. I liked Aladdin. Okay. So you, to your point, uh friend like me. Yeah. Nothing. I don't think I've ever seen a, a song so good on stage they, they did an amazing job adapting that like they went full out it was big to the it was point, bright it's, you know it's, it's 20 minutes into the play it, it's definitely like a show ending yeah number oh yeah like they they kind of like not blew their budget but like they put all of it in that moment but it yeah. pays off yeah and to the, to the moment to the point of like there was a four minute ovation yeah uh it, it's great and, yeah and even the the actor playing genie breaks kind of breaks the wall he's like I need a break. I'll see you in, in part two yeah. in, in the second act. <laughs> yeah. Like that, that one's really good. That's like shows what you do, mm -hmm. how you, you like that, like that's how you do it. Re-energize it, bring it up. And this was all just kind of flat. I was basically falling asleep towards the end. Yeah. It's fine, but uh, it's not again. Wow. <laughs> Lots of like anti-plugs this week. That, no, that's fine. I mean, not many of our listeners are in LA. So that's true. I, I think the only real plug would be to all the boys I've loved before, but yes. I think you already plugged that once already. Probably. It's Probably. so good. It's, it's really so good. Go cute. watch it. Um, yeah. And hopefully I'll get to watch uh, A Perfect Date soon. I know. I'm going to try and watch it tonight. Yeah. And then, of course, like, I'm kind of plugging Doom Patrol, but, like, I finally started watching it. It's great. Yeah. But I think it's finally time for us to wrap up here. Let's do point. it. Um, if you would like to reach out to us and, I don't know, offer your thoughts on Justice League Beyond or on any of the stuff we talked about in Notes from Friends, or also if you have stuff that you guys want us to watch yes, or, like, read, let us know, because sometimes we are desperate for things to plug. Mm -hmm. uh, but you can reach us at Tim Talk Pod on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Gmail. Uh, I am at Lordifer on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, if you want to see my art, I'm preparing a lot of stuff right now. You can find that at camera.dexter. And if you want to see my face, uh, because as when this episode comes out, Dapper Day will have just passed. Mm -hmm. Game of Thrones would have just come out, and we got to do something really cool for that. Yes, uh, super excited. You can see all those photos at camdexter underscore adventures. I, uh, wait, you listened to the Shazam episode? Hmm? Did you listen to the Shazam episode after I released it? No. Oh, okay. For some reason, I thought you did. No, you... I listened to the uh, uh, the one where Vasilius was on. Oh, okay. I, I thought you messaged me about the Shazam episode, but I like... Oh, no, the joke. I, 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 I saw that you, we posted it, and I'm like, we didn't make a single Kazam joke. No, we didn't, which is a real shame. Uh, but I was going to say, too, I, I like recorded some bumpers at the beginning and end of that. And so I had to do the outro all by myself. Oh, and I, I, I think I got all of yours. I did get all of them right. Actually, okay, but I was good. like, did I get these right? I mean, there's only two. They're both my name. Yeah, I know. But like, I never say them. That's true. But I hear them every week. Yeah. 
Anyways, uh, thanks for listening as always. Yes. Um, you and I are both about to go on vacation, so we're going to do our best to try and get stuff out every week. So there may be, like, be some bonus stuff or maybe some weeks off coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll make yeah. it happen. We'll let you know. So, but thanks everybody. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.